it, right? I said we lost the recording from yesterday, and that sucks. So what are we going to do now? That, that was truly, that was like unrepeatable pressure. We solved every problem. I know. Had, had only the world heard that. Yeah. I'm, I'm just devastated. Personally, I don't know if we get. I don't know if we're going to be able to repeat that. Well, Does lightning strike twice? I don't know. I think Hashem wants Mashiach to come and solve the problem because apparently our stuff was uh, full of like preachers and all this kind of stuff. Oh, speaking of which, uh, a friend of mine just posted the latest, latest shiur by Rabbi Shimon Kesson, entitled "Yeah, I, I, I... the reality of the last two thousand years and how it connects to the Messianic period." He he is like I speak. I spoke to Arvind Mendel and I asked him, what's the difference between you and your brother? He goes, my brother is more harif. My brother is more... He, he doesn't give you any, like, hope. He just gives it to you straight how it is. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. He also, he's, he, also, he also likes to give over his own chidushim. Like, right. he's like, no one, has ever said, no one has ever said this before. This is my chidushim. No one has ever said because, this before. <laughs> but I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's great. He, he, no, and, he, and he does no, prove he, it to you. He's very passionate. Yeah. 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 He's great. I don't know. I, I like him. Uh, he was actually, I heard him. You know what happened? I heard him in 2000, like, I don't know, 14 or 15. His Tishabab shur about uh, Iran and, uh, and you know, the, the Midrash. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Yakut Shimoni. How, how uh, you know, Saudi Arabia is going to come to Edom and consult with Edom about Iran. And then I told my friend, I, I was like, dude, this guy is dope. And he goes, if you think this guy's dope, check out his brother, Mendel. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? And then it's like, yeah, he's like twin brother. I'm like, what? And then I listened to Mendel. I started listening to Mendel right when he started his uh, current, uh, you know, his current events thing with uh, the Hillary and all that kind of stuff. Basically when Trump started running. And I was like, oh my God, this is like. Wait, wait, hold up. Wait a sec. You Did you say they're twins? They are twin brothers. I didn't. I mean, I I thought they kind of looked alike, but they are twin. But I didn't. I thought maybe one was older. No, they are twin brothers. They are twin brothers. So they're not identical. They're not identical, but they're, they're pretty close. They are identical twins. No, they're identical twins. They are. They it's just like one looks. They're not like, identical. They don't. They don't look exactly like each other. So like they're more. Like, it's just like you know, one is more. Uh, uh, what's his name? Shimon is a little more kind of. I call him bear-like, and then Mendel is more kind of like a wizard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or if you will, uh, G- uh, what is it? G- Gandalf from uh, what's his face from uh, Lord of the Rings, I guess. So that's, Gandalf, so that's yeah, maybe. yeah. So that's Mendel. That's I think that's Mendel. yeah Gand- Gandalf. Yeah, that's Mendel, and then Shimon is more like uh, I don't know. I don't know why I got the impression that Shimon was a little bit younger, like maybe a couple of years. He, he's a little more, a little more spry than Remendel. He seems to be, at least. I don't, I don't know how he is now, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're they're yeah, they're they're twin brothers. Um, well, you look at that. Ну посмотри на это. Что ты говоришь? That's right. Um, yo, check this out. I have a friend. I have a friend who uh, he's a yeah. professor. He's a professor in uh, University of Chicago. 
like a ma- oh University of Illinois Chicago. He's like a math professor, and he basically like uh, he's standing up to all this woke crap. You know, all this like critical race theory crap. Even though he's a professor of math, so I don't even know why he has to. So here he is. There's a there's a uh, a whole thing. Math going on. is the white man's uh, game. Yeah. So he writes. He writes. The inimitable Chad Topaz is gearing up for another cancellation attempt. This time of me. And I guess he's gathering lists of my co-authors who've expressed anti-DEI. I know that the new heresy, I guess it's something to do with math or something, as evidence of my race, quote-unquote racism. This should be interesting. So you got to understand, this guy, uh, he's the son of my parents' friends who also were like dissidents in the Soviet Union. And I guess, you know, they taught him well. Uh, so this guy who's trying to cancel him wrote the following, trying to solve a little racism problem for funsies. This is how these people write, you know, like anyone who have connections to the University of Illinois, Chicago, optimally folks who are not vulnerable to the institution, I, uh, e.g. tenured faculty, secure staff alums, because, ethic, because ethics, I don't want people getting harmed. Uh, if I had time, which I don't, here's what I do. I construct a co-author network starting with the Kontorovich, but this basically is making like a list. Then I would take the most central people in the network, look at their Twitters, Facebooks, whatever, and see who expressed racist, anti-DEI, ETC viewpoints. Dude, this is like, this is what they did in the Soviet Union. Exactly, to a T. They made lists yeah. of people, and they recorded what they said, and whatever, and they put them in a the little box. But, yeah. but, the people in the Soviet Union ain't got no guns or Bibles. Exactly. We got guns and Bibles. Verstehs. And uh, I just applied. I have to go get my fingerprints in two weeks, but I just applied for a permit in in the state where I live, which is uh, apparently easy to get. It's just that you you still can't like you can't open carry here. You can only uh, keep it in your house, I guess. Well, there's three there's three levels. There's concealed carry, which yeah. we all enjoy here in, in the United States, That's and then <laughs> okay, yeah. and then you guys, which which is that's really what you know. Uh-huh. what you're looking for and, yeah. and if you're not allowed to do that in your state guess what you're not living in america yeah yeah well let's see what uh here uh concealed carry in the united states here uh where the hell is it dancing uh hello list of states where the hell oh here we go uh this is like a here uh what the hell yeah, here you go. You got, you got, uh, yeah, uh, a constitutional carry, which is all these like Middle America stuff, and then you got shall issue. I don't know what that means. Shall issue, and then restrictive may issue. That's like Jersey and in and New York City, and then if you go to upstate New York, you actually have shall issue and may issue, and then some places, yeah. And then you go to, and then you go to, uh, actually Maine and North, uh, what is it, New Hampshire and Vermont, you got constitutional carry, permitless, you don't need a permit. Oh, yeah. And yeah, con- I mean, those people don't even deserve it, because yeah. huh. I don't understand how how they maintain that. I mean, yeah. they, uh-huh. they, they want to support people who want to take away all that. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, here you go. Uh, unrestricted. Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas... Idaho, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Maine, duty to inform of carrying concealed without permit. 
Mississippi, if only if carried a belt, holster, purse, hand, satchel, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Missouri, Montana, New Hampshire. Wait, what happened to Florida? Florida is? Florida is a shall issue state. Shall issue. I don't know what that means. That means shall issue and non-resident permits available. Interesting. And then permit reciprocity. Florida, 35 states. Uh -huh. 21 plus, 21 over only, 18 of military. So I understand. It's not a consistent Yeah, it was great. It was great. I mean, uh, there was a reciprocity in uh, mm. Louisiana, so that was convenient. Oh, that's cool. Oh, so you got, okay. Wait, okay. Interesting. So Louisiana looks like it says, it looks like it just says shall issue. It's not unrestricted. I don't even know what these things mean. I have to look. No, restricted, I'm, I'm guessing restricted just means that um, you still have to get the permission of the government. Gotcha. You have to deal with you know you have yeah. to deal with all that stuff. Yeah. Whereas we're not really supposed to. That's yeah. not really how it's supposed to be. Oh, here the, 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 there's another website that just has all the concealed carry states. Uh, very weird. Hold on. It doesn't show you. You know there's a there's a there's a website. Oh man, I wish I could remember. There's a guy. I think his last name is Locke. Mm -hmm. He has a website where he does the research about uh, violent crime, homicide, by state, where he shows you that every place where there's a, the more concealed carry permits issued, mm -hmm. the lower the lower the violent oh, crime. For sure, for sure. People are like, it's, it's just so like, people don't get it. It's like these, these guys are still going to get their guns. You know, whoever wants to do the, these criminals. I mean, the criminals, criminals. are, not, yeah, not yeah, the law. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the yeah, the criminals. And you know what? Yeah, and then these psycho kids who walk into the schools, it's like, listen, just, uh, it's very simple. Just don't give a gun to psycho. <laughs> Have a psychological evaluation, and that's it. Like, or, that's not, the, I, I wouldn't say that's the answer. You see, okay. if you notice, that there, there's a pattern. Uh -huh. So the psychos, they, they, they want to be famous psychos, uh -huh. okay? So, and they've always proven, because this is the law, proven that they will attack the most vulnerable targets, Yeah. okay? So they, they only go to, uh, to gun-free zones, uh -huh. Okay, because what that what that means is, yeah. uh, you know, it's 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 a sign saying, "Look at us, we're a bunch of idiots. No one here has a gun. Please come and shoot us. It's a shooting gallery. Enjoy." Yeah. Yeah. That's what it means. And there's a lot of psychos out there. So, how do you so how do you handle that? You don't cr guess what? No gun free zones, right? Mm -hmm. okay. Let people let people carry. You know, uh, yeah. at least have fully, at least have armed guards. If you're going to send your children to a school where they're going to spend most of their day, you might want to take some precautions. Listen, uh, I, you know, where I, uh, well, not where I live, but I have a lot of friends who live in Judea and Samaria, and the teachers are armed. And, like, everybody was so, it, it's like, people, you know, you mentioned this to, like, leftists, and they're just like, oh, my God, this and that. I'm like, they're not going to shoot the kids. That's not the point. Like they 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 just they just don't understand. Like I, I understand where did, where does this come from? Like what? Why do they like? Where does that kind of psychology come from? Like where people are not able where to where people are not able to grasp that there's like 
good i mean i guess it's just like a simple thing they don't understand good versus evil they don't understand that there's good people with guns and bad people with guns but where does that how does that even come to be that that lack of understanding by people you know look it's a it's a very successful uh cult uh leftism in general it's a very very successful cult because uh it's based on emotions yeah it's based on beautiful dreams right and very very low on reality as we can see everything everything involved in it we just had a conversation about american you know who and also there's like i think there's a correlation between that (laughs) anyway yeah so everything so that's basically if you have an emotionally incontinent population yeah not incompetent, incontinent. I yeah, hope yeah, I, yeah, that yeah. came through. Yeah, yeah, incontinent. Yeah, like uh, there's the emotions right? are not that, not properly channeled. The emotions are not properly channeled. Yeah. Uh, everything is um, trying to remember my words. I'm getting zapped. I'm probably getting zapped. That's why <laughs> I can't remember stuff. Right. Just kidding. Um, although I wouldn't put them past them. I'm just not important enough. That's all. So, hmm. so basically. Uh, they, you know, like, uh, th- there's that expression, uh, she doesn't suffer fools. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, no BS type person. Right. Yeah. So, so, but leftism in its, in its stages when it's taking over, right. Mm-hmm. It, it suffers every type of fool, especially it only suffers fool. That, that, that's, that's the point. You understand? It indulges every idiotic, non-realistic um, thought and feeling that a person has, and they they make uh, safe spaces for those type of things. Yeah. You understand where you yeah. can where you can just kind of be yeah. a shithead that, <laughs> that that you're not supposed to be, right? Where all yeah. the worst character traits are indulged, rather than you know, it's very very unhealthy. Like look at Hollywood, right? Yeah. Like my heart. Honestly, my heart goes out to some of these people. Um, I don't know if I should name names. Uh, I probably shouldn't. But there are people who are mentally ill, who need to be institutionalized. And instead, what happens? They make them famous. They make them into entertainers. And they indulge their their behavior and encourage it. And they get crazier and more destructive and crazier and more destructive. And we find it funny. Okay? So that's... You know, and then they kill themselves, right? Yeah. You know, uh, or or the other Chris theory, Farley, or the, the other William. the other theory is that they're given uh, something called MK Ultra, and then they don't actually kill themselves, and that they are uh, Epst- Epstein. <laughs> what does that? What does Epstein mean? What, what is? So, is suicide. he alive somewhere with Elvis? No, like, what's going no, on? no, 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 no. They're they're they are they are killed, but they, somebody pretends it was a suicide or an or an overdose. But they they make it look like it's one. But they're yeah, really. But why, why would anybody kill Farley? Um no Farley you know? uh, no Farley I think uh, Odid but I think there's other people I don't know no well there, there's this whole theory of like you know if we were talking about them uh, people being used as sacri- sacrifices not Kobernot but sacrifices. Oh, I, wasn't even, I wasn't even go I wasn't even going there I wasn't I wasn't well, going that deep. I, I was just giving you the other option. I know you weren't going there. <laughs> I, I I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. 
it's good to know that we can we can we can venture there. Yeah. But yeah, I'm dri- is that dr- you hear the drill? Yeah. What is that? You? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was a, I thought it was another one of those uh, things that we heard yesterday while we were talking about the tic tac UFOs. It was not a it was not a tic tac. This is a drill. But uh, this um, is a drill. This is only a drill. It's only a drill. <laughs> I'm only a drill. Yes, I'm only a drill. What the hell? And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. What the hell? Oh, no, oh, no that's a bill. That's a bill. My bad. <laughs> well, that, that's from January 6th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, I saw something today. That sack of shit, Lindsey Graham. Yeah. Now, he's a sack of shit even if he yeah. didn't actually make the statement. But if he did make the statement, it only, you know, reinforces it. Yeah. So he was... T- he was telling the cops about the during the January sixth, quote unquote, <laughs> mm-hmm. insurrection. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so, yeah, ridiculous. So he he was saying that he was telling the cops, "You got guns, use them." He was encouraging the cops to shoot them. Mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham. Yeah. What a, what a shocker, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Meaning, I'm not. I'm not shocked. Listen, I, I, not. He, all these people are are paid by someone. They're paid by someone. You know, that's why, like, a friend of mine said on Shabbos, oh, it was a, you know, we were talking about the whole fraud thing. And he's like, yeah, but all these were, these cases were thrown out in Republican by Republican judges. And I'm like, dude, take the label away from these people and, and open up their bank account and see where they got the wire from a week before or a month before. And you'll have your answer. Like it's so e- people can't fathom that even in Amer- that in America, you know that there could be something like the Soviet Union where somebody that a bunch of judges all over the country just c- could just have money wired to them, and or you know blackmailed and be told what you know what to do in the event of X Y and Z. They can't picture it. They can't. They can't imagine that that would be the case. You know, Sitaki Chiesne. Everybody's so like good. You know and whatever, they think that people at the top, people in power, are just the same as them. Like, It's, uh, you know, this, this whole situation has really uh, popped, like, any bubbles or any ideas I had about adults. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't know. Like, it's all, like, Anybody who can say that, anybody who could sit there and really believe or accept that any of these people are honest and they're not lying and they're not what they are yeah. is not an adult. Yeah, I know. It's like a wishful thinking child. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and, that, and again, it goes back to what we were talking about. That is indulged yeah. to the highest degree possible. Because then you have an emotionally incontinent population, right? And then it's so easy, so easy to manipulate them. Yeah. You have this. You have the most psychotic element of society mm-hmm. who just can't wait to take advantage of an entire population like that. And look what's happening. I and mean, here we are. Yeah. Um, so. Let's 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 you know let, let's let's say something of substance. Okay. What can what could any of us have actually done? Let's say what what could we have done to prevent the situation? What could we have done to 
stop people like this from getting, in, you know, from giving them, from electing them, from allowing them into the halls. Well, we spoke. We spoke about this yesterday. How you know it's like that joke that I made. Uh, you know, when you meet some of these guys or women, they, they you know, this guy's proof that Hashem decides panasa, or in this case, this guy's proof that Hashem decides the, the person's, uh, you know, place in life. So I, I don't know that there's anything. Meaning, there's what you can do. You can vote them out, or you can vote them in. But the people that are put up to uh, put at, up as so to speak choices. Where I don't I don't think we're like so much in control of that. I think recently, you know, you see like these people like uh, what's her, her face, Marjorie Taylor Greene, all these kind of people like her. Recently, regular people, quote unquote, have begun to like slip through the cracks. But uh, I'll believe it. I'll believe it when I don't know if I could believe that no, no, but, anymore. But what I'm yeah. saying is, like, apart from those kind of people, which are you know, like a lot of these people, these elitists consider to be kooks, we can't really do anything about that. It just seems like I'm telling you, it just seems like there's this like elite class of people that you know, like they, they even did a thing about when Obama was president. They did a whole genealogy. Obama's like somehow related to like one of these founding fathers. How the hell is that even possible? But it is possible. Well, you know his why? mother. Because his there's mother, a whole, there's his a whole, mother is a white lady. Yeah, no, but she's a white lady. But, but there's a whole network of these people that are go go back to the you know you and I don't go back to those those dudes to Adams and Schmadams and all guys. Speak for yourself. I'm related to Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> I'm sure you're not related to Mr. Jefferson from the Jeffersons. Oh, no, that's what well, really, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. His name is Sherman Helmsley. Yeah, Sherman yeah. Helmsley. Maybe you relate to him. I was, yeah, we, you know. Weezy's my aunt's nephew. Yeah. So, like, you know, there's, see, I, as soon as I heard about that, that whole Obama thing with Adams or whoever he was related to, I was just like, okay, I get it. You know, it's just, it's just whatever, you know. It, it, it'd be what it'd be. You know, these people, these people keep a grip. On their stuff. And they are who they are. You know, today they saw, they just caught Don Lemon hanging out in Miami without a mask. And then the woman is like, oh, you're on the CNN telling everybody to wear a mask. Do you think he gives a damn if you expose this hypocrisy? Do these? Do you think these people care so. if they're hypocrites? No. Like you said, Newsom, Schmoosom, all of them. They don't give a crap. They're doing it in your face. And it's part and parcel of that same, you know, it's like, what's his name? That other, the Anderson Cooper. Dude, the guy's a Vanderbilt. His mom's a Vanderbilt. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know, in the words of Al Pacino, what are you going to do about it? A hole. <laughs> Al Pacino is one of them too, probably. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know Al Pacino is clearly Satan himself. He's he's Satan. already come out. And he's, no. He has discussed it in depth. Um, Hang on a second. Yeah. One second. Oh, goodness. I'm drilling. I'm drilling. <laughs> and that's not a euphemism. <laughs> I'm literally drilling. <laughs> so, here's what I think. Here's the only way to, to stop these people. I mean, they, they rely on complacency. Yeah. Okay? So, complacency needs to go away. So, so for example, um, you have to if you are fully aware of what's going on in your in your area on the local level, okay. right? Okay. If you know your sheriff, the sheriff of your county, yeah. 
If you know the city councilman, if you know everybody involved in your child's education, if every parent, instead of coming home and watching TV, uh, instead they got involved in the school and precisely what the children are being taught, and are they being taught American values? That's primary. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Because math ain't shit. And reading ain't hooked on phonics did nothing for me <laughs> if I don't live in America. Okay, so um, instead of watching the crap, instead of just like, like, like someone, like a loved one of mine says, "Nikushle govno." Exactly. Don't eat shit. <laughs> or you come home and start eating shit. Or is the character of Yosef from Baba Fira? Yakushle tvoje govno, babushka. Do you remember that shit? It's crazy. Do you remember those? Shows? I don't remember that, but it's. Those YouTube, she's like, you know, she, she comes up to him because he's eating because he's like really fat and he's eating Chinese food and whatever. She's like, and he's like, you know, I got to say that I've, I, I was I was kind of like on a, on a little binge watching those videos and they're great. <laughs> yeah. Except it hurt because my grandmother's name was Fida. <laughs> Why Dude, did he choose my grandma's name? First of name? all, yeah, anybody whose grandma named Fida, that, that sucks. First of all, second of all, do you know that we created that character? My friends and I created that character in 2009. We were doing a Bubba. And you character. sold it to him? No, that I think word gets around to Brooklyn, and they've heard about this Bubba Fido thing, and they ran with it. I'm telling you, we had a Bubba Fido character. I I did the character. I did it. Me and my friend did this change. Oh goodness. And 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 we our voice was slightly like lower. It wasn't so high, and. Uh, yeah, we had a Bob Fieder and they, they, these guys ran with it. They stole it, and and I and I even called out what's his name as a like jokingly. I called out that Yosef guy, the fat guy, and he acknowledged, and that was the end of that. Yeah, I, I didn't get any royalties. I didn't get any nothing. Just <laughs> you know, his characters are pretty good. Bob yeah. Fieder isn't great. Yeah. I think his best character is like the young, is like the daughter. You know, the young one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. works it. She works at a medical office. You what, know what I'm talking about? Or some shit, or some stuff like that. I don't know, but we all know this girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. We all know this. Здравствуйте, здравствуйте. Yeah. Oh my God, Sean's deal. Yeah, I went to Brooklyn speech pathologist. speech pathologist. Not to offend any speech not pathologist to, not out to there. Offend, not to you're, offend you're, every, you're, every from girl out there. You're... You're a you're a credit to your community. Yes. Please please don't write letters. <laughs> yeah, we were talking the other the other time the lost tape in the lost recording about uh, how we are like saying things and we don't want women to come after us. Not that we care, but uh... <laughs> no, we were we were just I think it was just an echo <laughs> of of a time when we did care. Yeah. And now yeah. we don't care. Yeah. Well, because you're married and I now it's I just funny. Care. You're married, and I have no hope of getting married, so, you know, we just don't care. <laughs> I don't know why you're saying you have no hope I'm, of getting married. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I just need to avoid the people who need to be avoided, and I'll be fine. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I told you where you have to, you know, where you got to fish. That's right. Okay. It's not, <laughs> okay. We're not going to get into it, because uh, I don't need letters. But, um... <laughs> If I had a fireplace, 
I would love letters, a lot of letters. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that normal? But I don't have that. I feel like that's something he no. said. <laughs> no, no, that's nothing. You know, it's, I'm 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 heavily. I mean, I would be honored can you, can you to ever feet? heat his furnace yeah. and his fireplace. And heat his house in the winter. Yeah. And this is a real story. It's wow. 100% true. I believe it. That's very funny. I think we're going to get, I think we're going to that point. You know, like the dead ceiling, the, uh, uh, what is it called? The dead ceiling uh, deadline is December 3rd. By the way, speaking of deadlines, you know, most people don't realize this. Uh, in Israel, the deadline for uh, the, uh, the Knesset to pass the actual budget that they, that, Bennett was like bragging about that they pa- supposedly passed, but they actually have to pass it. Pass it uh, is th- is November fourth, this Thursday, and if they don't do that, uh, there's going to be another a new election. You know, <laughs> I, I want to express this. I want to figure out a way to say this. Does anybody else get the feeling that any type of like does anybody? Nobody's doing government work anymore. Like. It's all a fraud. It's so like no one cares about budgets. Of course, it's so. all been it's it's already been decided. Yeah, it's all priced in, as, right? as Greenspan used to say. It's all priced in. Yeah. It, I don't know why they're going through like they're pretending. Oh yeah, we're working on the budget. What? I mean, yeah. come on. At this point, like yeah. you literally poisoned your whole country, dude. I met. It's, I mean, two years ago, I got a ride home from this lawyer lady from the supermarket in israel because pe- random people just offer you right you know if you have like crazy you know like uh what is it called groceries and stuff and it's a pain to schlep you know yeah. and she's a lawyer she's a lawyer for the state she's a lawyer for the state of israel she goes to me i'm like so what are you actually doing now she could this was like during one i don't know election number three or four i don't know whatever they were they couldn't make a coalition and so they couldn't the government didn't have a budget she goes well i prosecute terrorists and there are no, everything is frozen. All the all the cases at that time are frozen because there's no funds to allocate. I'm like, so what are you doing? I mean, well, listen, I have my salary from before. Like I can't, I was supposed to renegotiate my salary. And then whatever the cases that are kind of like, I don't know, local or something like that, that, she can do that. But then you're talking about like national, you know, terrorism cases or like the guys that they catch in whatever, yeah. in, in Judea and Samaria, stuff like that. She can't, so I'm like, what do they do then? So then these guys are like adjudicated by like the military or something like that. You know, she she's like, I don't even she's like, she's like, this country runs on a miracle. She's like, Israel runs on a miracle. The fact that we have like lawyers who cannot prosecute te- people who want to, you know, are enemies of the state is is crazy. And then we have a budget for that. And they didn't have a budget for like two years. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping uh, this is, you know, this is me, you know, indulging in a little bit of fantasy yeah. and I, and I recognize that it is, but it, it kind of feels a certain way. It feels like all the governments have been taken over by some, by some whatever foreign entity. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. All right. And, and, and then they're slowly kind of, letting the world know that there's no actual government work no. being done no there is you know what I mean? yeah yeah you know how i know that because a friend of mine just sent me a soundcloud uh recording of it's the official channel of uh soundcloud channel of world economic forum and on that recording it's like a 20 minute recording and on that recording 
is Klaus Schwab. It's from like a year ago. Yeah. And like, and like, they're just talking about, we have to this and we have to that. And we have to do this and we have to do that. I'm like, who the hell is we? And they're talking about the, you know, IMF and the world bank and Microsoft yeah. and MasterCard. And B- I'm like, who is we? And what are you going to do? I didn't elect you. I didn't appoint you. Who are you? Where did you come from? What do you, I, I, I didn't, I didn't ask for you. The self-appointed rulers of like, uh, I, I, the I, earth. I, I don't see. He says uh, there, there's people responding to this. People who are like, you know, Klaus Schwab, remind me of the communist dictator Enver Hocha, who dictated over us with iron fists. I guess this is Albania, where the elites had everything they want, went everywhere they wished, while we, the people, had nothing. This is the Soviet Union also. Elites use people as slaves and gain happiness of that, while Albanian people. Oh my God. Hello? What was that? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I oh, apologize. Yeah. Albanian people struggle, bracket, for, struggle for food because the elite dictated how much food people can have and eat. What school they can go to and where they can live. Who can travel. People were allowed to own a car. People were not allowed to leave the country. This is what a Green New Deal will look like. People had nothing, not even a freedom of press or speech. And you're not allowed to watch but only Communist Network slash CNN while the elites have everything. I've been there, done that. Not, not having anything now. And now I have everything. I'm much happier. Klaus needs to shut his pie hole. Because he is no better than his Nazi's father who served Hitler and the Nazis during World War II. Wake up. Uh, and all these people are responding. Klaus Schwab, Klaus Schwab, evil so man, Klaus, commies, Klaus Schwab. So, so, so Klaus, Klaus Schwab, Klaus Schwab is a, is a nice German boy, is he? Yeah. He's actually, I think he's, um, he's actually Swiss, but eh, whatever. Same, same neutral crap. Oh, no, he is German. I'm, I'm sorry. Really, he, he is, he is I'm, German. I'm, I'm, he, he is German. He is German. I'm sorry. I, I am relieved because I didn't want to ask the question that I didn't want to know the no, answer. No, he's to, Ger- you know he, what I'm saying. He's German. No, no, he's German. He's German. I, I apologize. So he's saying. No, but you know, you know, the, you know the question I was scared to ask. Right? Uh, what? Why? What's to be scared? What? He has Nazi relatives? Of course he does. No, I was scared to ask if he's, you know. <laughs> what? You know what I'm scared to ask. What? Is he, if he's a I'm just grateful he's not a Jew. I'm just oh, grateful he's, he's not, not a he's Jew. He's not Jewish. Jewish. But can I tell you something? Uh. He was he was mentored by Henry Kissinger. So that tells you that tells you everything you need you need to know. He was at Harvard. Schwab began what he's described as a fifty year long mentorship by Henry Kissinger. He's like Henry Kissinger's uh, Daniel son. Kissinger is like his Mr. Miyagi. Speaking of Karate Kid, he is a former oh, member of the Bilderberg Group. Oh, nice, right? The Bilderbergers? Bilderberg group, yeah. Is that, like Builder, is that like Build a Bear? Uh, close. The bear being, uh, you know, the control of the world economy behind people's backs. Uh, yeah. yeah. Look, honestly, you know, people don't get it. You know, all you, literally all you have to do is arm yourself, mm-hmm. okay, and mm-hmm. turn the TV off. Yep. That's it. Yep. Well, I started step one. So those... <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I mean, this is for the folks at home. Uh, you know, this is getting real. You know, yeah. like I'm sure you've heard yeah. these ideas and you've shot them, but you know, kind of, kind of happening. They poisoned half the earth, if not more, yeah. and um, entire countries. Um, you know, we're going to see what's going to happen okay? yeah. if there's not a miracle, which I'm, I'm, I'm counting on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so just turn the TV off. And and get to know your neighbors. 
get to know the local officials okay because that's what yeah. you're going to need yeah. you got everybody has to band together on the local level they can't do nothing if you do that yeah of course that's true so no, it's true. Yeah. even like even if you live in LA yeah i heard i'm, I'm hoping this is true but i heard that the, the sheriff of LA county said that he will not enforce he yeah. will not enforce uh, vaccine mandates. He said that, yeah. He did say that. He did say that, right? Yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. dreaming about it. Yeah, no, he said it. Can I t- read to you something? So, you know that you know this guy. Uh, well, whatever. You don't go on Twitter so much. Uh, there's a guy, Zuby Zuby Music, a ra- rapper, author, podcaster, speaker, and coach. He has like he has a good amount of followers, like half a million followers followers on Twitter. And he yeah he posts about all this stuff. So he goes here. If I worked for a company, oh, here, he's responding to somebody who wrote, Employer, uh, employers are largely rejecting medical and religious exemptions. So he writes, I don't understand why millions of people choose to work for employers that don't even respect them on a basic level. There are other options. Hate that so many people always have to learn the hard way. Maybe it's a good thing uh, long term. And then he goes, if I worked for a company and they even consider this level of disrespect and unethical, be- unethical behavior, I'd be gone the next day. Bye. There are always options. You do not need a medical or religious exemption to refuse a medical procedure, especially an unnecessary one. I don't want it is a totally sufficient reason. You are free and autonomous human being with rights. Act like it. Trying to force things into other people's bodies without their approval, desire, and informed consent under coercion is rapey. Don't be rapey. (laughs) I've seen people make the, you have the freedom to make that choice, but then you don't have to accept the consequences. Argument. That's hyper rapey, weirdos. Yeah, that's basically okay. It. That sounds that that sounds like some kind of millennial rebel right there. Yeah. I don't. I didn't get most of his terminology, yeah, but I. He's but trying I'm, to relate to whatever. Yeah, these people. Blah blah blah. I don't know. So people like what's your name? Uh, there's a there was a rapper, like girl who got in trouble recently, yeah. because she didn't want to take the vaccine. What's your name? Oh, Who am I talking about? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, oh my God. Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj, right. I was, yeah. I was about to say Big Butt, because that's all I could remember. <laughs> she, I didn't even think she, she said, I don't want to take it. She just said, like, it's, you know, I want to, I got to think about it, this and that and the other. Like, there's a whole, this is a whole, like, you know, it's, it's a complex issue. That's what she said. Something like that. It's a complex issue. That's what she said. Man. That's what she said. Literally, that's what she said. She actually said that? No, she said, here, yeah, I'll tell you what she said. I'll tell you exactly what she said. Here, before they canceled her Twitter. And I, don't even know, I don't even know exactly what she said. but Here. Uh, here, here. You're going to force this on me? I regret, I regret bringing this up. Okay. Uh, you know what sucks? They, Dude, yeah. we're, not, we're, not, we're, we're not even going to try to repeat what happened yesterday, right? It was just, it's just too painful, right? Uh, it's not a question of painful... It's a question of, uh, it's a question of like, it's just, it's difficult. I don't know. I don't remember what we even, how we, what we even got into. I know if we could, if we could just remember the topics, perhaps we could revisit them. The topics were, well, you were talking about in terms of, um, wow. There was something to do with, something to do with Mashiach. Oh yeah. So can I, can I, there's, okay. I remember it now. And this is probably, okay. I mean, the most important 
topic that we touched upon, arguably, not arguably, definitely. Mm -hmm. So there were, um, how do you bring Mashiach? How do you actually do it? So I was discussing what the ideas of a couple of different people. Mm. So for me, I'm going to start with the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He made some concrete statements. He said that you have to learn in Yone Mashiach, basically learn every possible thing that there is to learn about Mashiach. Every statement yeah. of the of Chazal yeah. about Mashiach. Okay, and that is the utmost. That is the main task that we have to do uh, above everything else. Sorry, that was another metal thing. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, that fell. Okay, so so above everything that we have to do, and and that doesn't mean everything everything else gets you know negated. You know, you have to obviously don't speak Lashon Hara. Obviously, you know, sinas uh, you know no sinas hinam, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Or Sina Sahaba? What's the word? Achavat Hinam. Achavat Hinam. Which is a really full, which is a really, full, um, uh, my friend's Rebbe has a huge problem with like these rabbis who say, you know, in order to conquer, we have to counter Sina's Hinam with Achavat Hinam. He goes, oh, you want to make everything in this world free? Free this, yeah. free that. It's like so, this hippy dippy stuff, yeah. you know, Jew stuff. <laughs> That doesn't make sense. Yeah. So because you know why? Because no one explains what sinas chinam really is. Yeah. And no, it's, and no one it's explains hatred. Yeah. Hatred for no reason. Yeah. But there's reasons to hate someone. Yeah, of course. There, there are legitimate reasons to, to you know, for hatred. Yeah. I mean, we're not looking for it. Yeah. But you know, if you see somebody behaving atrociously, if you see somebody, you know. Uh, you know, doing some kind of, you know, you know, sacrificing to Moloch, you know, just yeah. the most hyperbolic, yep. you know, ridiculous example, right? So you don't, I don't think you need to love that guy. Yep. Right? Exactly. So, right. So, and if you see people who are trying to harm anybody, okay, you see, you see people who are trying to harm people, okay, try to take advantage of them, trying to steal from them, acting abhorrently right you don't have to love them you don't have to you see people murdering people you don't have to love them um you know i was thinking because i was struggling with this topic you know i was like you know what do i do about george soros yeah. i hate him and i and i was struggling with that yeah. so you know, i was speaking to different rabbi i'm like what do i do with this hatred like should i send him a basket for for purim well you know shalom yeah. like what am i how do i how do i deal with this like you know virulent like visceral hatred right well yeah. what do i do yeah. and i never got a straight answer but but not too long ago i actually heard somebody find cena's kingdom and that kind of cleared everything up like i'm just going to go ahead and assume that i don't have to love a person who does that much harm to the yeah. world yeah, of course. and especially to the jewish people yeah of course not like, right yeah like yeah. that guy that, like 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 that guy should be curb stomped like in borough park you know, like he shouldn't—he shouldn't be able to walk down the street comfortably there. That's very funny. Specific, right? Specifically so, in Borough Park. Borough Park and Williamsburg, and you know places like that, because you—you yeah. you know why? Because it's funny. they don't do what he does, right? Yeah. But the word Jew is associated with him, right? Yeah. Which means that they're going to go looking for 
those who look Jewish, right? Yeah. Who have nothing to do with him yeah, or yeah. nothing to do with anything that he believes or wants to do in this world. Yeah. And he comes from generations of people who hate Jews. Yeah. Which is odd. Who? Who? Soros? You understand? Like, even, even, yeah. Soros even his, I mean, father, his father. His father was. Was, his father was a was a person who just wanted to free his mind so that the rest would follow. He wanted to be colorblind yeah. and not be so shallow. Yeah. I, <laughs> okay. I, I love that song. <laughs> it's uh, in vogue, in vogue. Right? Yeah. So in vogue. Yeah. Man, they were they were they were pretty they were smoking. Yeah they, they were. were a smokestack. <laughs> there was four, I think it was like there was like four smokestacks. Yeah. Right yeah, from the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they had some, they had some, they had some good singles. But basically, yeah. uh, the point is that his father came from. Uh, he wanted to free the world of uh, race and religion and ethnic identity, and he wanted no borders. Um, he wanted no culture. He he wanted a a world that spoke one language. I think they called it. I was going to say Libertango, but Libertango is the name of a song. No, but it's uh, something that uh, sounds uh, like that. It's, uh, uh, um, there's, uh, oh my God, hold on. Uh, UN, there's, it's, it's, it's spoken in the UN. It's called... Uh, spoken in the UN? Yeah, in the UN they have like, uh, hold, on, uh, hold on. They have their own language at the UN? Good hold Lord. on, hold on, hold on. Uh, it's called... Uh oh my god! Some kind of L word. Yeah, an L word. I. Ladino, Ladino, are you talking about? No, it's not. Not Ladino. Ladino. Hold on. Ladino is it's Spanish Hebrew. Hold on. Uh, it's not Ladino. It's called. Uh, oh my god! Hold on. I, lingual, lingual, something like. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Django yeah. Unchained. Django Unchained. That's what it's called. No. I know what you're talking about. World language. Esperanto. Esperanto. I was close. Django yeah. Unchained. Yeah. Esperanto. Yeah. Same thing. There's also inter tomato, Interlingua. They made interlingua. The that's the one. That is the one. And what was the other one? Es Esperanto is the one Esperanto. I know about. Yeah. That's the one I know about. Yeah. Constructing International Auxiliary Language. Yeah. That's what he wanted. He wanted people to speak that language. Mm -hmm. And he was very... Uh, very, very, very anti-Jewish. The, yeah. the whole identity. You have leftist Jews who believe, who are more hatred for Jewiness than you know than skinheads. Tiva, okay, Tiva because Dar they, Soros. That's a, that was his name, Theodore Schwartz. Is that what you're about? Hungarian yeah. Soros's father, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so he, 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 like Soros, and. You know that whole crew, okay? Uh, what is it, Fabian socialists? Am I am I am I revealing my ignorance? Is that Fabian? I have no. Fabian. Yeah, he founded Fabian. the Esperanto literary. Yeah, he actually went. Yeah, he founded the Esperanto literary magazine, Literatura Mondo, and edited it until, <laughs> from twenty two to twenty four. What fucking clown? No, I mean, it was just hilarious. He wrote, anyway, the he point is the short novel the Moderne Robinson. Zonos, modern Robinsons, yeah. whatever. Right. So, so he, so you have you have these fellas, right? Some of these, unfortunately, 
guys from you know who came who came from Jewish stock, yeah. and they hate they hate the Jewish ethnicity and identity passionately more than any other. Yeah. Why? Because it's so persistent, and therefore it is the biggest uh, enemy. It's the biggest obstacle to their vision of the world. Yeah. It's like, why is this They're stuff still sticking cult. around after all these years? They're, they're probably sitting around wondering, like, what the heck? Why yeah, is, uh, people it? have been wondering that for like for like 3,000 years. Mm. Hmm. So, so um, and, you know, and I just want to say something to to everybody, to, to Jewish people, to not Jewish people, to Arab people. And Arab people should hear this, okay? And, and this is not a threat. This is just a fact. Okay, and this is not necessarily a fact that you know. It's not a satis- It's not necessarily a satisfying one. There is a fact. God has he has designated a land in the Middle East, mm-hmm. and he wants that land to be called Israel, and he wants this particular group of people to live on the land. Anybody is welcome to join this particular group of people, by the way. It's not a closed club. But this is what he wants in the land of Israel. No amount of attacks, no amount of lefty Jews, no amount of, of you know, faggoty, you know, religious Jews who don't do anything about it, no amount of, of you know politicians or globalists or nothing will stop the fact that god wants that and he will get it yeah even if i wanted to stop it because it's like you know there's so much pain and it gets drawn on for so long that's i'm talking to people who are like who think that you know that israel is a failed project and we just you don't understand yeah don't mess with it because it'll just get dragged on longer and longer and longer, and God will get it what he wants. It doesn't matter if there's a trillion Arabs, a hundred trillion Arabs. It doesn't matter. You know how I know God will get what he wants. Can I tell you something? You know how I know that's true? I'll tell you how I know that's true, what you're saying. Because I, you know, I, I have a lot of friends who live in the hills of Judea and Samaria. You know, I have friends, and I'll say it openly, honestly, at this point, because it doesn't really matter. I have friends who live in a place called Esh Kodesh. It's out, just outside of Shiloh. In uh, you know where we had the Mishkan for three hundred sixty nine years, our tabernacle before we had a temple. And this place, yeah, Esh- yeah. and this place, Eshkodesh started out as one of those hilltop, you know, where people just went out and built, you know, these little boxes or caravans or whatever it was, without permits. Yeah. And when they started doing yeah. it, uh, uh, in the, you know, obviously in the beginning, uh, our own government, you know, our own police, who whomever start just would just come and dismantle the homes. And these guys, you know, right. the ones who build it, they, they, they don't give a damn. They persisted. They kept and they kept rebuilding in the same spot. They rebuilt it. They got they, the you know the guys dismantled it. They rebuilt it. They, they must have done this like five or ten times. And eventually, these uh, places, these hilltop places, become towns. They become towns that are actually what I would call semi-recognized by the Israeli government. You know, they get their water. They'll they'll start to get their water and their electricity from the main town nearest them, which in this case is Shiloh, which is actually recognized because, you know, people, it's already a recognized town. Uh, given, you know, people, okay. people, people there have permits to build. So like, and yeah, and this, and this, and this town now, Ishkodesh, where my friends live, is not going to be dismantled. It's just not. There's vineyards there. There's this, there's that. There's road, you know, like kind of roads that are not necessarily paved, but they're not like totally dirt. And then next to them, they're building new town and you'll see like a sign, you know, there's another town called Next. Oh my God! What was that noise? 
Speaking of building. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was trying to I was trying to adjust it. Yeah, it's just like when you do that, it's uh, very, to, very I'm, loud. I'm trying to multitask. Piercing I'm, I'm trying to ear. multitask. Yeah. And I will not do that again. It's just piercing I'm my very, ear when that happens. So I, yeah. You don't understand. I, yeah. I, it's, it's, it, I, have, I have an OCD. Like, you I know, know. I, I see a drill. I need yeah. to use it. Yeah. I apologize. It's okay. And I, I won't do it again. Speaking of building, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the sound. That's you know? the sound you'd hear in the last few years in, in that area, part of the yeah. part of the uh, Israel. And and they'll put up a you know a sign of a town, Adeyad, Yeshuv Hadat. You know these like these like cool names. And there's nothing there. And I asked my friend, I'm like, so what's gonna be? You know, there's a sign here, but there's no houses. It's like, yeah, we're gonna start building some, you know, whatever houses, caravans. And I'm like, but what about did you like any approval? He's like, yeah, you know, you know how it goes here. They'll they'll dismantle it. We'll rebuild it. They'll dismantle it. We'll rebuild it. Like you, even our own people, who are pro, and who are just you know doing this just to 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 appease some European NGO or the UN or I don't know who Klaus Schwab, Klaus Schwab, whatever Klaus Schwab's little minions, <laughs> little little gremlins. You, the Hashem is going to override their crap. They cannot be stopped. We cannot be stopped. The, the prophecies, you know, I work in the wine industry. The prophecies of Yirmiyahu and there's other prophets and Amos have been fulfilled. The vineyards are, you know, being planted. You know, they should come back to their to their towns and build the cities and and, you know, and plant the vineyards. That's the pasuk, pasuk from the Tanakh. That's it. Yeah. The 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 the, the, the nevuah has been fulfilled. This this part of it at least. And so, that's it. Nothing you can't. It's gonna keep going. History is a—it's a freight train now at this point. I think that I think that this is probably not so true anymore. But for a while, the lefties in Israel were heartbroken that they, when they realized they're not gonna get their commie utopia. Dude, the lefties you know, they're, in Israel—they're not gonna get their plastic, their plastic rim glasses, Woody Allen, <laughs> intellectual chess playing utopia. They're not gonna get Do it. Do you know who made the best ever map of all of these little tiny towns? In Judea and Samaria, the best outline of a map, an organization called Peace a- Now. It's on their website. They they have the uh, they made a better map than any settler ever could. It's amazing. Like, yeah. It's 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 mamish, incredible. It's mamish incredible. It's it's just. I don't know. Like we, we, we. I always tell settlers, I'm like, you guys are disorganized about your stuff. Yeah. You know who's organized? Peace now. <laughs> no, they're they're always like they're good at that. You know, like lefty nerds are great at organizing. They're great at. Yeah. They're just they're nerds. I mean, it's hard. <laughs> you know, like the Arafov is very very artistic. The very the Arafov is very very good at at. Um, aesthetics at, at what things look like not su- not necessarily substance but what things how things are presented that's why you see all this like stuff is like reputable you know although they're all good at stuff. compartmentalizing compartmentalizing they but also like the back stuff is very yeah. presentable it's very shiny it's very official it's very you know the the, the era of you know the, the, they their origin is the egyptian priesthood that's that that's that's who they are um, and so the, the, the priesthood, Egyptian and otherwise, mm-hmm. not necessarily the Kohanim, 
but the the priesthoods from the ancient religions they would they were excellent in classification they were very like they're like aristotle in a lot of ways where they needed to they needed to observe organize classify okay they needed to make sense of their environment they needed everything to be understood everything to be left brain and and you know just kind of uh anthropomorphized yeah. did i say that right anthropomorphized i don't know how many of those yeah, you have to do yeah. okay okay so um th- they were very anal yeah. i don't know if they, is that is that yeah. is that yeah. is that a that's yeah. psychobabble term yeah it's probably wrong but it sounds right that's yeah. the point you know, yeah. you know? exactly anyway we have substance. We like we like the terminology we we but we have the substance to, to make over. Right. <laughs> right. These guys needed. They couldn't. They were not flowy people. Okay. Who was they that? didn't. Oh. They were not really into how how uh, uh, the true nature of reality is very very kind of fluid. Yeah. Okay. The the bot like I think one of the things like why God made it like that is to kind of teach us that it's not going to be you're not going to be able to put it all together there's always going to be elements of reality that you're not going to be able to figure it out you're not going to be able to figure it out you you i I can let you get comfortable with some parts of it like the egyptian priesthood like they were very they got to a really high level yeah they got into the circuitry of the universe like they there's on a certain level they they were they they really knew their stuff, but there was a point to which was beyond their ability to understand. They, they were they weren't able to probe past a certain point, and they understood that when God sent the plague of lice, yeah. because according to their their understanding of science, mm-hmm. their understanding of physics, right, and mm-hmm. their understanding of physics, by the way, was far far advanced yeah. to today's understanding. Of, of course. That's a side point. That's a side point. Yeah. So they at least understood that we live, we literally live in a program and that there's a programming language. They understood, they had a better understanding of the nature of the environment that they were living in, meaning like reality, right? Yeah, yep. And how to affect it, right? Like, what do we do? We come up, we come up with some kind of mechanical contraption yeah. to help us. They didn't need that garbage. That's why you don't find all this, you know, landfills full of crap, yeah. you know, entire mountains full of rollerblades. They didn't need rollerblades. Huh. Remember rollerblades? Yeah. Remember what happened to rollerblades? Everybody yeah. had rollerblades. All of a sudden somebody said, rollerblades are gay. And then, and then a giant landfill full of rollerblades. <laughs> See, they didn't need, they didn't need rollerblades in <laughs> Egypt. Okay. Because they understood how to transport themselves using fun. the program. Yeah. They understood. They li- they understood that they lived in the holodeck. I'll give them that. Yeah. Okay. The problem is, they thought that they were tops when it came to understanding the programming language. And when Moshe came around and started doing some of the stuff, mm-hmm. they're like, whatever. You know, like like yeah. we we can do this too. You know, like our little babies can go yeah. and you know, you know do what you just did. They only understood that they were out of their league with the plague of lice because according to their science they could not 
manufacturer and they could not control phenomenon that yeah. was some, that was the size of lice and under. Yeah. That's when they understood we're effed. Yeah. Okay. So 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 the Arab are they still have that they still have that in them. Okay. Yeah. And they are not they're very rigid people. They need to know where everything is. They need to be in control of everything. They think they can control of everything. They never learned. They didn't learn the lesson yeah. from Yitzhak Mitzrayim. They even got to some of these guys. They're not all bad. Obviously, Moshe Rabbeinu grew up with these guys. He knew them personally. He had the same education. He understood their mindset. Mm. He saw the spark in them. Mm. Okay, and he thought that they were worth saving, or elevating, or working with. Right, mm. despite God's warning. Mm. Okay, and but they never learned their lesson the entire time. They never they never learned how to go with the flow. They never learned that they're not going to be able to control anything. They never learned that God will constantly be making a fool out of them. Yeah. Okay. My only my only confusion is that, you know, why is God I don't know why it really I don't know why God does anything, but he sure seems to be hurting a lot of innocent people yeah. in in the yeah. process of teaching the Air of Rava lesson, which is mystifying to me and very hurtful. Yeah. Well we don't know. Those kids went off, we don't know. Those calculations, yeah. we don't really know. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, right. So, so it's enough already with these guys. But you know, yeah. we just have to understand who they are, okay? Yeah. And and their extensions, the Amalek, yeah. right? In the rest of the world. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, but I wanted to get back to I, we, we veered off a little bit. From something that I think is important, could I um, yeah. could I revisit yeah. the how do you bring Mashiach? Yeah. Okay. So the Lubavitcher Rebbe said, "Learn everything there is to know about Mashiach," yeah. and it stands to reason. Well, this is how I how, how I view it: that even if you don't believe the Lubavitcher Rebbe was Mashiach, right? And every, everybody's allowed to believe that someone's Mashiach. You're, you're free to do that. There's no halacha against it. By the way. Yeah. Okay, if the man fits the, the 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 if he's if he's a direct lineage of David, if he has, you know, if he's the leader of the generation, if he's doing the stuff that the Rambam is discussing, if he's fighting the wars of God, and so feel free if you know somebody like that, yeah. be my guest, whatever. You know, yeah. one thing that I do know is that I don't think that the Rebbe, I believe he was Mashiach. I do. But I don't think it was that important for him, for him being Mashiach. I think that he would just, you know, be standing there with me, hmm. well, you know, saying like, all right, let, let the guy just come. I don't care. You know, okay, fine. It's not me. All right, who is it? Let's go. Let's, mm -hmm. let's get a move on. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. That was his. Yeah. He didn't care that that if, he would, if it was, he didn't care if it was him or someone else. He didn't, he so wouldn't care keep, if it was Why a, do people keep running around and saying that he, that well, the people who are anti-Chabad or whatever, they keep saying that he claimed that he was? He, he, there were times, mm -hmm. look, the, he never came out and said, yes, I am Mashiach, or, you know, you know. What so he, bit, did he hint, did he hint at it even? Pledge your fealty to me. He never said that. No, obviously okay? not. Obviously not. But, but he did everything but say, say it. He, it's almost like there's a very important aspect to Mashiach where you have to put to you you the people the people have to elect Mashiach. By the way, I don't know if you knew that. I know they do. 
Robert, Robert Dovermelech, right? Yeah. So he was not, he was the king of Judah yeah. for a long time before he was yeah. accepted as the king of all yeah, of there Israel. Were, there were, wars, of the there were wars that had to be fought and all this kind of political whatever yeah. and all this kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, even though he was already, even though God already elected him yeah. king a long time ago. Yeah. The people, the people had to do it. The people had to, had, had to, you know, had to pledge, had to accept him. Okay, so and so he ruled in Hebron. That was his first capital. Okay, so so Mashiach's life follows the pattern of David's life. Okay, so there, there he. So Mashiach is not going to come out and say, "I'm Mashiach," and you know, I mean, at a certain point, I think that he will. You know, if he comes with. With the lightning and the thunder, yeah. I think, I think you know, game over, enough yeah. already, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, but like, what do you but, what do you say? Goes the Gozerian, all that kind of stuff. I, I was just goes the Gozerian was a bad guy, and yeah. I'm not, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not comparing goes <laughs> the Gozerian or the Keymaster to Mashiach. Okay, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I, I, for the record, for the record, I'd like yeah. to state that I'm not. Okay, but 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 but. Gozer did sure did show up with lightning and thunder. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting, even Gozer was like, choose, choose the form of your destructor. Yeah. <laughs> Gozer came to mess up our that's, world, that's right? Funny. But still, we had to that's choose, funny. right? Yeah. We had to elect our executioner. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and, and and Ray Ray chose a giant marshmallow man. God bless. <laughs> <him>. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you know, if you're going to choose a destructor, you might as well make him out of marshmallow, right? Good idea. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, my point is that there is an element of having to elect Mashiach. Okay. And so he never, he never again back to the Rebbe. He never came out and said, "Yes, I'm Mashiach." But he had said, "I'll give you an example." He said stuff like, "My father-in-law was Mashiach." Mm -hmm. Okay, he, he would say that my that that the Rebbe he would when he said the Rebbe he's talking Rebbe. about his father-in-law. Yeah. This is this is like after thirty-five years or forty years of him being the Rebbe, yeah. he was saying the Rebbe, yeah. my father, yeah, right? Because, yeah. he, only, he, he saw himself as 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 a limb of his father-in-law, an extension, yeah. an assistant, just just a tool in the hand of his father-in-law. Yeah. That's how he viewed himself. Yeah. Okay. Only in that sense did he, did he, I think, view himself as Mashiach. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just but because of his association with his father-in-law, and because of uh, his great love for his father-in-law and respect, and and it wasn't just he wasn't just being nice. Do you understand? Like, mm. so, um, you know, you, you got to take what he says seriously. So, so that's that's what he believes. So, so Mashiach. Look, aside from who is Mashiach, just yeah. getting back to the point, yeah. you can think, you know, yeah. you can think whoever you want is Mashiach. Okay, you can think Mashiach is some guy in a cave who hasn't seen the light of day in 25 years. Yeah. Okay, whatever you want. He, he, he lives in some little cobblestone street in your shrine. Whatever you yeah. want to believe. Mm -hmm. It's fine. <clears throat> okay, but, but the point is that you have to learn what Chazal had to say. Every word seriously has to become the most important subject in your life okay um and and it would be a good idea to study the writings on mashiach by the primary mashiach scholar that the world has ever known 
that would be the Lubavitcher Rebbe. So even if you don't believe that he's a Mashiach, if you're an honest person and you're not full of some kind of weird, bitter tribal garbage, right? Some kind of weird Haredi tribalism, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not full of that garbage and you have somewhat of an open mind and you have some honesty in your mind, then it'll be very difficult for you to argue that the Rebbe at least wasn't the primary scholar on the subject of Mashiach. Mm. His writings, forget about, I'm not just talking about the insane volume of his writings, yeah. the amount of it. It's, just, it's, it's overwhelming. Like, I, I don't know how anybody could write that much in an entire lifetime. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Okay? It, it's insane. Like, how, how could you even do that? So that's beside the point. But the quality of it, the detail of it, it, it's, but okay, fine. You don't want to, that's my recommendation. You don't want to study the Rebbe's teaching specifically. Study, just just read Chazal, you know, read somebody's teachings. Just Mm -hmm. spend your time learning about Mashiach, that's all. And that's why why Rabbi Mendel Kessin is, he's a man. You know, like he doesn't, he doesn't, as far as I know, he doesn't study the Rebbe's teachings on Mashiach. But Mashiach's every other word out of his mouth, right? Yeah, 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 of course. Okay, and he's a Lakewood guy. Yep. No, listen, there's nothing. There's the thing. I was like talking to my friend today, my friend who who used to go to Kabbalah. He still does go occasionally to Kabbalah Center. And I said, listen, man, you know, uh, you learned calculus, and but but they didn't give you algebra and geometry and this and that and the other. But I think it's even worse that there are people who know geometry and and and, uh, algebra and trig. Who are afraid of calculus, namely the majority of the or- majority of the Orthodox world today. They're afraid to learn Hasidut slash Kabbalah, and they're afraid to talk about Mashiach. And 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 yeah. credit to Rabbi Kessin, he's not afraid, as much as yeah. he's like a you know, But but at the same time, I don't want to. Um, I want to stick up for them for a second. Okay. The people who are afraid to learn about Mashiach. Okay. Um. They're, it's extremely understandable because learning about Mashiach and talking about Mashiach so far historically has led to crushing soul numbing depression. I know, because Shop Tzvi and all that kind of stuff. I know. Yeah. Not just that, just every moment, you know, yeah. Shop Tzvi, Bagdan Panitsky, the Holocaust, yeah. and, and, and how many years after the Holocaust? And yeah. like, how, when is it going to be it's, enough? It's they don't easier, even want to approach it. Dafka is easier to sit in Tinek and say, uh, just live your life. When he comes, he comes. That's like the, that's as close as they'll get to talking about Mashiach. Live that, your life. These, when he comes, these he people. Comes. Are, just to let you know. Just to let you know. These people are tzaddikim. By the way, I know. We have to. We have to. Let's. Let's. We got to get our perspective straight for a moment. Yeah. I know. Anybody who's still sticking with Torah. Oh, of course. Is 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 a legend. Is yeah, literally course, like uh, with with Daf Yomi with uh, three times a day you, davening yeah. with this and you, that and the other. You know. Yeah. Yo, you know, when, you ever go on like YouTube and like you, I don't know, you, 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 you know, you want to watch like Billy Idol, Rebel Yell or something, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then you'll see some YouTube comments that anybody here in 2021 is a legend, right? Yeah, it's, it's like that. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? But, yeah. and Billy Idol was only 30 years ago, these you know? Are the, yeah, these are and, like and, the people in the YouTube comment, the, in the YouTube, not comments, in the YouTube watchers. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so now, so basically I'm channeling, right now I'm channeling uh, Manus Friedman. Yeah. He was saying he was saying that that you know it, it's incredible. Anybody who 
comes to a Jewish event, anybody who says the word bagel, <laughs> anybody, yeah. anybody who does anything Jewy remotely yeah. in a positive way, yeah. right, yeah. or thinks or anything, yeah. is literally a legend, a tzaddik beyond imagination. Because yeah. why would we do this? Yeah. Our father hasn't spoken to us in 3,000 years. Yeah. It flies in the face right? of uh, everything in society is... is, is... Right or even this, even the good stuff in society, it flies in the face of, <laughs> supposedly. Yeah, like it's it's, it's so out it's of the like, realm. It, right, it's like it's like think about think about like, you know, a, a, like you have a father. This is a pretty kind of messed up muscle. Mm -hmm. I think I may have heard it partly from him, and maybe I don't know. I don't know what part of this is coming out of my head. Okay, <laughs> but it could be okay. So <laughs> there's a there, you know you have a family, you have a father and children sitting around the table, right? And then, um, and then the mother is preparing dinner, right? Mm -hmm. And then the father leaves and doesn't come back for 3,000 years. Yeah. 3,333 years, right? Yeah. And he comes back, and the kids are still sitting there at the table waiting for him to come to the table, still talking about what kind of soup he likes. It's absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. Why would we even do this? Why? How? Anyway, so... The point is that anybody who is trying to do something Jewish with their life is 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 literally a living legend, yeah. okay? And I don't think enough people focus on that. I hear, I, I agree. Or anybody, any, and, and by the way, I'm also talking about non-Jews. No high, it's people who are who 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 believe in Torahism. Yeah. We should start a new religion. It's called Torahism yeah. or Godism. Yeah. No, okay? they, they believe that they believe they believe. I'll tell you, no hides. They believe that. Uh, Listen, at the uh, that first of all, you know, whatever, at the, uh, no offense to any Christians listening to this, but that, you know, Yoshka ain't the thing, and, uh, you know, and they, and they believe that, like, at, at the very least, Hashem gave these laws to the Gentiles, and that's, that's basically it. I don't even know if you call it Torahism, necessarily, they're not following all of the Torah, or mitzvot, they're just following the seven basic law, laws of Noah. No, 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 I'm not describing that. I'm, uh -huh. I'm describing a person uh -huh. who's more like a Gare Tuff. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm talking about, about non-Jews uh -huh. who are Torah scholars. Oh, so yeah, no, so, so, some, of the, well, non, so some of those people are actually not Torah scholars for, for not for those reasons you think, for more academic reasons. No, no, I'm talking, no I'm, yeah. I'm talking about, here's who I'm describing. Here's okay. who I'm describing. Okay. A non-Jewish person mm -hmm. who understands, who, who is intelligent and has seen the nature of the text of the Torah mm -hmm. and and understood that this is not a normal document, Correct. unlike anything else in the world, code upon code upon code, layer upon layer upon layer of, in, of infinite information, mm -hmm. impossible for anybody. Uh, only the creator could have created such a document because yeah. you need a, a being outside of the creation yeah. to be able to, to do that. Yeah. Okay? And okay, so so now they want to know what does the creator want from me, yeah. and then they study and they study the halachot that apply to them, yeah. and they also study the halachot that don't apply to them, just because they want to learn Torah, and they want to just and because they, they know that Torah is God's is is literally God's mind, yeah. so they learn. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you know Christians. I'm not talking about, you know, people who just like to study it as a scholarly subject. I'm talking about religious Torah observant 
non-Jewish people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They used to be called Ger Tosha yeah, yeah, when they came to yeah. Israel. Uh, I was going to say something that I forgot. Was now, now they live in Texas. Now they yeah, live yeah, in yeah. Texas and Texas. Uh, uh, Arizona. Texas, Arizona, New Mexico. Brazil. Brazil. Uh, oh, I was going to say that, you know, my father, every so often, he will, he will tell me, you know, Tzvi, if I wasn't, if I wasn't a Jew, I would either want to become one or kill one. You well, those that? aren't the only choices. The, uh, that's what he, that's what he, for him, because he goes, the MS of the Torah is so true that I would either be, want to become one of these people, or I would be so jealous of these people that Hashem kind of, I don't want to say chose them, but like gave them responsibility to do X, Y, and Z. I would just be en enraged as to why he didn't give me that responsibility. So, so when it comes to, um, when it comes to, let's say, well, think about conquering empires, right? What did what did every conquering regime do to the you know to the people that they conquered? They subjugated them, raped them, stole from them, and denigrated them. Right? That's mm -hmm. that's just standard pattern, right? Yeah. Why did they do that? Why did they do that? Because they want to establish their own superiority, right? Yeah. So when people think you have non-Jewish people who who think that when they think about the Jews taking over, right, they picture the same thing. And it's an intolerable idea to think that some Jewish guy is going to, you know, he's going to, you know, get everything first and he's going to get all the hottest broads, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's yeah. going to get all the privileges while, you know, while yeah. the, it's a ridiculous idea and it has no, no base in the Torah. Yeah. Because the point of the Torah is not to raise yourself up. Yeah. Right? It's to raise God up. Yep. The only way to raise God up is to nullify yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, so I, so basically in, in God in God's kingdom, in God's empire, the, 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 the guys who are running the show are the ones who are the most like not there. Yeah. Do you understand? Yep. They don't want special they're, they don't no. they're not gonna be in limousines. You know, I was making they're not a, gonna be I, I was making can I tell you something? I on Shabbat, uh I came into this little shtibel on, in Manhattan Beach and my friend is sitting there, this is a mincha, and he's sitting there, there's a class going on all the way in the back, and he's sitting there kind of by himself, uh just learning, I don't know, Meom Loez, you know, like commentary on the Humish, whatever it is. And I go to him, yeah. jo I go to him jokingly. I'm like, bro, you know who you look like right now? I'm like, I'm like, you look like one of those, like, if I, I go into one of, you know, those like tiny shuls in Nachloot, those like Sephardi Mikubal shuls. And you look like a Mikubal yeah. sitting there in the corner. And he never, he never talks. All he's doing there is sitting and learning. And once a month, like, it's almost as if nobody even notices him. And then once a month, everybody in the shul literally gathers around him to like hear what he has to say or like he'll answer their questions. Other than that, they don't pay, pay attention to him. They act like he's not even there. He's like the old man in the corner, mamish. Like yeah. that's the point. That's yeah. the flipping that's point. Right. To be the old man in the flipping corner. 
Right. Who has right. all the We're wisdom. We're not going to hog the boats and the yachts. You yeah. guys could have them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, we're not going to... Remember that scene? Remember that scene? What was that movie where they had to fly to space to, to divert or blow up a, a comet or an oh, asteroid? Uh, a uh, meteor? A deep impact or something like that? Or one of those? Uh, with, with and Bruce, I think it's with the Bruce one Willis? with... Uh, deep impact. Yeah, with Bruce Willis, right? Remember, yeah, yeah. remember when they, you know, when they, when they, they're like, "Oh, let's hit the strip club," right? Or Morgan Freeman, or no, Robert club. Duvall. No, I'm sorry. Uh, hold on, Bruce. There was two movies that came out. There was Deep Impact and uh, the one, the one with Bruce Willis. Was, whatever that Arm, is. Armageddon. It was Deep Impact and Arm, Armageddon. Armageddon. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Armageddon. Yeah. Okay. So, so they're in, they're in the club. They're in some strip club, right? Some high, yeah. like as if there's such a thing as a high class strip club, but whatever. Um, and, and then, you know, they're hogging all the, the ladies, right? Let's yeah. say. Yeah. And, and then the, the other guys at the club, like these big kind of like angry biker looking dudes, right? Yeah. You know, they're like, they come up to them, they're like, all right, fellas, maybe you should share the wealth, you know? Cause yeah. like all the strippers were hanging around them. Yeah. That's what people picture, right? That's the standard pattern. Yeah. When the, you know, when, when the winners come and take over, all the women are now hanging around over them you know yeah. like the nephilim yeah right like the, like the benea lukim like that they, they came they showed up and that's how they that's how they behaved yeah. right they just grabbed all the women and all the stuff and and the, yeah. you know the, the 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 lower the lower beings felt felt helpless to do anything about it yeah. and that sense of helplessness that humiliation that's what people um they fear that yeah. okay that's not a jewish empire yeah. That's not a Jewish emperor, okay? Yeah. The Jewish emperor sits sits in the corner of the shul yeah. studying the little the little book, and he's content sitting there all day. That's what Dovid Melech was like yeah. when he wasn't in battle, by the Correct. way. Correct. Correct. Okay? Yeah. He was sitting under a tree with a scroll, <laughs> okay? Yeah. Yeah. He would sit under a tree, yeah. all right? Yeah. So... Um, you know, and just prophecy that that's what he would do. Okay. So, um, you know, um, I, 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 I can hear some wise guy somewhere. I can hear some wise guy thinking, yeah, what about Bad Shepherd? What about the thing when you kill the Israeli atheists every single day with this nonsense? Not even, actually, that's not who I hear. I, I hear the, you know, I hear some, I don't know why I hear some wise guy. Yeah. You know why? Because I was on construction sites, uh-huh. and I've I literally heard these wise guys before, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Yeah, don't tell me about David, King David. He, you know, he wasn't uh-huh. he wasn't that mild mannered uh-huh. guy you're talking about. Yeah, he uh-huh. was. He had broads, and he was, you know, he's a warrior, and they were making out it's, to be something. It's called ridiculous, something that is dickwad. No, 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 no. You don't <laughs> understand. David Amelech was not this like. It's not how people people picture him. Know, okay, him, him, him and his men were nerdy rabbis. Do you understand yeah. that whole? Okay, let, let's let's focus in on that situation when he went to see uh, uh, when he was still being pursued by Shaul, I believe, yeah. and he needed to get some provisions for his men, yeah. and he knew that uh, uh, what is it? What is his name? Naval. Naval. Yoram ben Naval. Naval. No, 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 I think his name was Naval. He was a wealthy guy 
and his 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 wife was Avi Gail, who David later married. Right. Uh, uh, so, uh, so hold on. Uh, Naval. No, no. I know it's the same letters as Levant. Uh, it's just Naval, Naval. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So, right. So he was Naval is just like kind of whatever. Let's not talk a about rich it. Kale, but, rich Calebites. The rich Calebites, right? And surly. Huh. Threatened by Harsh David over an right. insult and ultimately killed by God. Interesting. Yeah, he had a heart attack, I think. Mm -hmm. um, David Amalek was going to... You see, David had an issue. He was always trying... There's there's a lot of people who were insulting him. Mm -hmm. He was always trying to figure out ways to not to not kill them. Because halakhically, they're supposed to die. Mm -hmm. Because he's the king. So this was his issue. So him and his generals and his men, they were, they were like, you know, they were like a rabbinical court. They weren't, they weren't indulging in their, you know, in their warrior spirits. That's not what we're talking about here. Yeah. They were, they were just, they only cared about God. They didn't care about anything else. Yeah. That's who you, that's who we're talking about here. People yeah. are disgusting when they, when they, when they think about King David, you know, yeah. it's, it's the, it's the, it's the Christian view. Yeah. Of, of David, it's actually the Christian view of all of the of the biblical uh, uh, people, yeah, because because their because their their whole thing is to show how perfect Jesus is and compared to them. Yeah. In comparison, mm -hmm. so, you know, they, they no problem pointing out you know uh, character flaws, especially ones that weren't even there. Okay, yeah, yeah. so so and we know. That you know, let's say, let's take the Norse religion, right, or any, mm -hmm. or, or the Mahabharata, the, the, any, any like you know, culture. They have the gods, right, mm -hmm. or idealized, and they're awesome and mighty, and the heroes are always you know, epic and beautiful and perfect, you know, mm -hmm. and they're they're always kind of like romanticized, right. Yeah. So in reality, those guys were pricks and disgusting, filthy, beastly murderers. Okay. Yeah. Now. In contrast to that, you have the people spoken about, like the patriarchs, right? Mm -hmm. And King David, people like this, and the Shavuotim, right? Mm -hmm. the 12. These actually were the greatest people who ever lived, by far. Yeah. No comparison, okay? And and they are, and the Torah portrays them, and it always just shows them in, you know, in not the best light. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. One of the one of the reasons one of the reasons is because Torah is truth, and Torah is communicating, saying that no matter how great these people were, and if you were in their presence, you might think they're a god. The truth is, they were human beings. They were not God, and they were imperfect. So don't start idealizing them, and don't start uh, worshiping them, because they were not entirely perfect. They were the best people who ever lived. But remember, they're just people. Yeah. Now people can be impressive. People can be very impressive. People can reach a high level, but but don't overdo it. Yeah. I think that's the point. Yeah. So David, so David, he's often criticized for um, for Bathsheba, right? The thing with Bathsheba. Okay. So and you know people accuse him of stealing some other guy's wife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not at all what happened. Not at all. Hmm. Okay, but it, that's what that's what looks that's what it looks like, and that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If because if you give somebody an excuse 
to believe something about you, right? And and you allow it to look that way, then you are asking for it. Perhaps King David could have taken could have been more careful with how he approached that, you know, who am I to criticize him? I'm just saying that like what could he have done? Right? Like he he did what he at every stage he did what he thought was right. Okay? Okay, so he turned out to be wrong, but he was doing it for God. He thought he was doing it for God. Okay? Yeah. So so the guy, um, um, what's his name? Um, was it Uziel the Hittite? Was it Uziel? Was it Uziel? Uh, I'm not sure. What what do you, what is this reference to? So this is the guy that he sent to the front to die, and then and then married his wife. Mm. Okay. Uh, uh, no, that was uh, what's his face? Oh, here. Uh, Uriel or Uziel? No, uh, uh, yeah, Uriah. Uriah, I'm sorry, right. Uriah, Uriah, put Uriah, the, the front, Uriah yeah. Hahiti. Uriah Hahiti, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, Hittite, yeah. and, and, he, and he wasn't really a Hittite, by the way. Yeah, that was yeah. just a name that, that yeah. was like Doeg Hayadomi, you know, yeah. Do, yeah. Doug, Doug, <laughs> yeah. basically, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they, call, he, they called him the, the Edomite, Doug the Edomite, because, yeah. because Edom in Hebrew means red. Yeah. Okay. And he was so good at arguing. He could win any argument. He knew everything. He knew, he knew the law backward and forward. He was, he was an academic. He was an expert mm -hmm. scholar. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and anybody who ended up arguing with him would, would be red in the face because they wouldn't, you know, he would embarrass them in a debate. That's mm -hmm. why they called him that. Mm -hmm. So they probably called Uriah mm -hmm. the Hittite for a similar reason. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so the Uriah, was one of uh, David's officers, okay, mm. and and there was a war going on, okay, mm. and and um, so now David would prophecy, and he saw that Bathsheba was supposed to be the mother of Mashiach, mm. okay. Uh -huh. It had to be. It had to be through her, okay. Um, mm. Now, Bathsheba was not fully married to Uriah. It was a, it was a type of like engagement or betrothal. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what the thing is because they back in those days they first had like an engagement and then and then that was that. I mean, it, it is considered a stage of marriage, though it is technically it is marriage, but the marriage was not consummated. It's consummated like a year later with 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 a chuppah. I'm not exactly sure why they did things that way in that time but that yeah. that was the point so yeah. huh. so they were not like they were not it was not a completed union yeah. okay now now uriah insulted king david mm -hmm. and according to according to the law uh anybody who insults the king that's the death penalty according to according to torah law mm -hmm. okay so so david always looking for a way to be merciful and every opportunity, instead of executing him, sent him to the front, where he, where he, where he spent most of his time anyway. Yeah. Okay. He was an officer mm -hmm. during during a war with the Philistines. Okay. Yeah. And he spent most of his time on the front anyway. Okay. Yeah. So by sending him to the front, David was at least giving him a chance yeah. to come back and to live. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't very much different than just sending him to the front like he normally would. Yeah. The problem is that this time, 
and, and during this particular time, he, he didn't come back from the front. Yeah. Okay? And so when you pair that with 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 his involvement with Batsheva, it looks really bad. Yeah. Furthermore, furthermore, in those days, when men would go to the front, they would, they, they had this thing where they would divorce their wife. Yeah. Yeah. Prob- the reason that they did that was because um, if they were to be killed in battle and their body would not be recovered, mm-hmm. right? And there wouldn't be any witnesses to their, to their whereabouts. And so it would be a question of whether or not they are alive. And that means that as long as there's a question, the wife can never move on with her life and never remarry. Yeah. So that, so, so the men would do a, a, a contingent divorce. Yeah. And that's a common practice by mm-hmm. soldiers. Yeah. They did that all the time. Yeah. And, and, and so, and so, but, and so, so David married Bathsheba because he prophesied that he was supposed to. Yeah. Okay. Because there was supposed to be an offspring, uh, which was very important. You know, the ancestor of Mashiach, mm-hmm. Shlomo, possibly Mashiach himself. Yeah. Okay. So, so David never lifted a finger outside of doing God's will on, you know, based on his best, you know, intuition as to what God's will is. Okay. That's who David is. Okay. He's not a swaggering warrior, you know, with, with you know, with a, you know, they're, they're, when people think of David, they're picturing Asaph, by the yeah, way. I, um, That's I who Asaph was. I don't, I don't picture him as that. Asaph was Asaph was the spirited warrior who would go and and and, and have affairs with married women. That's that's who Asaph was. Yeah, but for some reason I don't picture only because I know that David did tshuva. So I don't picture him as that. No, know. but what's tshuva? What, what what's tshuva for David? Let's let's be careful. Okay, tshuva for David means that he realized that he did the wrong thing. That he did something that he thought was in God's favor, yeah. but it wasn't. Yeah. And it was horrified by the realization, and he immediately begged God for, you know, for mercy, and and, and he did true tshuva because because only somebody who was trying to do God's will all the time, because he's so sensitive to God, yeah. when he realized he didn't that it what that what he did actually was not God's will, he freaked out and did tshuva. Of course, yeah. that's David's tshuva. Okay, so I just want you know. I think it's important to get a clear vision of David for a moment here, for God's sake. Right. So, so, um, just to would it be okay if I circle back? Because you know, I, I think I'm I'm getting a little. I want to say one out. quick thing regarding Mashiach. Uh, somebody posted on yeah. Twitter. It's an organization called Freedom Israel. These are the guys that organize all the protests in um, you know, in Tel Aviv and stuff like that. And also in Jerusalem. Uh, they posted a chart, daily COVID-19 vaccine doses administered per 100 people. This is official data. Uh, and you yeah. see the chart is going, starting from like October 1st to like 0. 0.7 per 100 people. And then it goes down, 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 down. All, it's basically to, so basically it's like, see, they wrote, great news right now, only one vaccine per 1,000 people in Israel is being administered per day. People don't want the booster. We are no longer Pfizer's lab rats. So, Baruch Hashem, at least people are realizing in Israel. People are waking up. They're realizing what's going on. See, it says, rough estimate, 10.5 million first two, first two doses till end of April. 
versus 4 million boosters makes a difference of 1.25 million people. Uh, see, the official government figures are, we think, huh, uh, 6, 6 million got the first dose, 5.6 got the second dose, and uh, 3.9 got the third dose. So it makes it over 2 million people who has the first dose and not the who had the first dose and not the booster. So too many people. You know, uh, maybe, maybe there's a connection between between the third dose mm -hmm. and like the 50th level of tumor. Yeah. You know, for sure. You know, like God, you know, like God had to get Claudius out of Miss Ryan yeah. before, you know, they reached that, yeah. that, that level, which, yeah. which by the way, doesn't even exist by the way. I yeah. mean, it was, yeah. I heard some, from something else, but yeah. from somewhere else, but, but so <laughs> perhaps, you know, that's, that's what's happening. I'm hoping, yeah. right. But they're still, they're still, like I want to be wrong. My brother wants to be wrong. Everybody who has, yeah. who's talking about the dangers of it, want to be wrong. But yeah. you know what I'm saying. I told you this so guy. This this guy who's a, he's actually a vax. He made a vax. He he developed one in Australia. The scientist Nikolai. Uh, here, one second. I'll tell you. Petrovsky. Petrovsky. Yeah, but if, you know he sounds like you said crocodile Dundee. <laughs> You're like Petrovsky. Yeah. What is that? So the guy basically said, he's like, uh, first of all, he goes, I can't guarantee, we, none of us can guarantee, all of our scientists, that they're, he's like, there's other scientists besides me who are saying this, they're just not saying it openly, can guarantee that nothing will happen to people in five or ten years. We can't, he go. he literally said, the only one who knows if, if it can is God, assuming you believe in God, if you do, right? And then he goes, yeah. and then he goes, for sure, we shouldn't be giving this to kids. I don't recommend it. He's like, listen, and, and you can read the guy's, the guy's profile. Uh, he developed vaccines, vax for influenza, hepatitis B, sting allergy, malaria, Japanese encephalitis, rabies, HIV. Ni authored 90 scientific papers and book chapters. Professor at Flinders. He actually was. He, he, I don't know if he resigned or was fired. Flinders University of South Australia, College of Medicine, Public Health, Director of Endocrinology, Vaccine, vaccine Research, Professor of Medicine, Founder of Vaccine. Vac vaccine a vaccine development company funded by USA National NIH to develop novel vaccine technologies. Uh, 1979, Bachelor of Medical Science, 82, Bachelor of Medicine, so I guess went through med school, and 98, he's got his PhD. Like, the guy made a vax, which is not being used in Australia. It, it, I guess it's not mRNA, it's a different type of vax. He made one, and he's saying, we, we, have, we just have no idea, we haven't a clue. On top of that, what he said was, this seems to me like like a trial, like a clinical trial. And in a clinical trial, you're supposed to, you know, get informed consent where people sign a waiver. And he goes, it doesn't actually, in that case, in those situations, uh, the like, uh, uh, um, you know, if you're telling people they might die, it actually is not a big, it doesn't matter because they're signing a waiver and they know what they're getting into. Here, you're telling them they might have this, 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 and this, and this, including death, but there is no waiver. There's just a gun to their head in the form of losing their job or not being able to go here and there and everywhere. So he goes, that's a violation of the Nuremberg Code, straight up. This guy said that, not me. Not crazy, anti-blah, you know, Tzvi. Or, or you know, the brother of Dr. Zelenko or whatever it is. <laughs> the bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so, I don't know, man. Like... I just I don't know I and I and I saw this video I was like man I hope this guy has protection twenty four seven I really do.
because and you know more more people like him are going to come out and like i don't know it, people in israel are, are just israelis are funny because they they like i said they do everything with Rizos. they do they take they do things very quickly and then they and then they they, they first do and then they analyze what they did you know that's how they start that's how they do business that's how they do everything so they do it with Rizos and then they and then they try to unravel it with as much as Rizos. you know when they realize that it's not working no like when it's not yeah like it doesn't work and then they go lo meshane, lo meshane, doesn't matter and then they just like close it okay next finish next okay they have no patience they have no time for you know sitting around yeah. and dwelling on the thing because because uh, you know tomorrow they might get a rocket up their ass so why sit around and dwell you know what i'm saying <laughs> Yeah. So it's the same Makes thing sense. here. They realize what's up. They realize what the government's doing. They realize the government's lying to their face, as if they didn't realize it before, and that's it. And and you know, one of this, I saw a comment. This woman is like, you know, something. I already had kids. She's like in her fifties. She's like, I already had kids, and I don't really, you know, I, I'm willing to take this stuff and I whatever it is, you know, for some of the fertility, right? But uh, I sure as hell will not allow these people to give my uh, five to eleven year olds this crap. I, he's like, she's like, I was willing to be a guinea pig for, for, for this stuff, but my kids will not be guinea pigs for this crap. And that's it. <laughs> and people, people are understanding what's going on and they're not, they're not going to comply with this. The question is what's, what's, how is that going to pan out? What is that going to look like? Their non-compliance and, and what is going to be the result? Meaning like, you know, either a bunch of people should get fired from their jobs in Israel, and then they just go out into pour out into the streets, like we were talking about this, you know. And you said that you don't know, you're not so like hopeful about that, unless they, you know, unless again, they, I mean, yeah. the people, people have to look. Everything that that people do that isn't desperately turning to God, yeah, is I don't know. It's a, it's not much. Yeah, I hear. I hear. So. um so when you say, I don't know how it's going to look. So earlier, remember we were talking about, or you were mentioning how all the fire stations are closed and then yeah. somebody burned, somebody died in a fire because yeah. there were no firemen. In, in, Washington, okay. in Washington Heights, yeah. Washington Heights. So, so, you know, if everybody gets fired and nobody is doing their job, yeah. like firemen yeah. <laughs> or doctors or paramedics, right. I think that maybe that would, you know, or, or the Domino's delivery guy, yeah. that will cause riots. <laughs> the, the, and the, I'm not trying to be cute. And if the the noise, if there's no more noid, Domino's, you know, the, remember the, the noid. noid. <laughs> the noid, yeah, I remember. No, yeah. if there's no. no more noid, everybody gets annoyed. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, right. But <laughs> that's you know, that that that's a reference that some people are. That's that's very. You know, it's very nineties. That's very niche. Early nineties. That's very late eighties. Early yeah, no late late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, <laughs> but the point is that if you know, if the you know, the whoever's whoever's in charge of streaming Netflix or delivering Domino's, if that guy doesn't show up to work, I mean, that's when that's when the pothead, you know, couch potato is going to go to the streets. Like yeah. what the, you know, oh, oh, I have nothing to live for. Yeah. Listen, man. Can I tell you so, it's something I forgot to tell you? Uh, a, a good friend of mine is uh, is uh, is. I mean, he has smicha. I don't know how active of a rabbi he is, but he has smicha. And the guy is he's one of the main activists in Jerusalem against you know what. 
And I'll tell you, the guy, there was an event in Jerusalem, you know, a few months ago. And, and he spoke at this event. They asked him to speak. And the guy, like, he has a stutter, you know. And he got up on stage and he was talking, you know, most of the audience, and even in Jerusalem, half these people were not, you know, it was a bunch of Israelis, there's a lot of secular Israelis in Jerusalem, who live in Jerusalem, you know. And a lot of these people were at this yeah. rally, and the guy was giving over kind of like Torah ideas mixed with, you know, whatever we're, you know is going on and all this kind of stuff. And people were really into it. And you can tell that Israelis, you know, everybody's got that pintle yid going on. That's what sure. Oh, it's really loud. What? What is it? There's a big, like, loud noise. Um, That's for, for once, it's not me. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. What the heck? Anyway. Uh, no, so I was just saying, like, you could tell that everybody's got that pintle yid going on, and these people, they were showing the people in the audience as he was talking. And it was funny, I was looking at this guy, and I'm like, wow, like, this guy's got a stutter. Who does that remind me of, you know? A guy that had to fight through his stutter. To kind of lead people. I'm not saying, you know, how deal like the guy's not, uh, not comparing well, him to... Well, he did have a spokesman. What? The guy with the stutter had a spokesman. But still. Yeah. It wasn't easy. I'm just saying, like, 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 we have to be, we have to try to be Moshe Rabbeinu, our, you know, our own versions of Moshe Rabbeinu's in, in this generation. We have to try to do that. And I noticed that in Israel, like, people... There's a big, within this movement of people who come out, into, already are coming out to the streets, there's like a spiritual undertone. Again, even if people are not frum or wearing kippahs or saying to, you know, to Hillam or speaking in like specific Lushan, there are spiritual undertones to this. And, you know, the sad part is, man, there's a lot of people conversely who are quote-unquote frum and daven and three times a day and learn and whatever it is, who are just... Turn that. There goes, yeah. like, there goes like noise again. I don't know what's going on. It's not me. I don't. I actually don't hear any noise. Really? I, I just keep hearing a noise. What kind of noise? I don't know. It's like somebody's like in the back. It's, it's almost as if you're, somebody's moving furniture or something like, or eating something. I don't know. Just a noise. Even now, I don't hear anything. Now, no, now, no, but before, very strange. I hear it again. I promise you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not using the drill. I, I know, I, I know, promise. No, no, it's not a drill. It's not a drill. <laughs> I just yeah. so um so anyway. that's that's encouraging. That's yeah. encouraging. Yeah. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to marginalize that. Minim I'm not going to minimize that. I mean, I, I don't, you have a better idea of what's going on with Israelis than I do. So it's been kind of a mystery to me, Israelis. Well, I think, um, yeah, um, I think that, but what people don't realize is that everything begins and ends with Israel. Meaning, again, everything that the world, the world is doing today, it, it's only mimicking what Israel did. The only, the only difference is, you know, I was, again, I, I told you, I was talking to my dad's friend in Ukraine. And I'm telling him, you know, because I told him I'm not going to take, you know what? And he's like, well, you can't go here. You can't. He's like, you live in Israel. You also, they also have these policies. I'm like, and I'm trying to explain to him that, like, there's a big difference between what the Israeli government decrees and what actually happens on the ground in Israel because of Hashkacha. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't live in that realm. He doesn't, he doesn't understand what I'm saying, you know? And then he goes, right. and, and, and they live in Vov in Ukraine. So he's like, 
what do you suggest we do? You know, we can't go to work, you can't go here, can't go there. And I almost want to tell them, I'm like, dude, just have a moon and quit your job or leave your country. You know what I'm saying? Do what our grandparents did with the gulag and the, and the, and the camps. Just fight. But are they going to do that? No, they have their job and they, they like, and you, and you, you know, in Russian we say, and you more it's not a you more it's a boga. You know? That's exactly right. Their savior that's is why, that, that's their savior people, is that boss, that, their savior is that official or whoever. The, the institution that they work for, that's why it's, 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 that's why people are taking the vaccine because they worship yeah. the institution. Yeah, they worship, or like they, so, don't, they don't have a concept that like, there's a Shem who maybe if they quit their job will find them something equally as good or you know there's like there's always Yeshuot there's always Hashkah HaPratis there's always Siata Deshmaya they, they're not in that realm and I couldn't and I'm trying to tell him I did tell him like on a basic level yeah it's a problem I don't have I said I don't have a salute you know I was like oh, this, this is the problem it's, it's criminal what they're doing you know and he tells me well you have the luxury of ta 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 I'm like listen man I live in America I can go to a different state you know but I, what I really wanted to tell him is dude Imuna. I'm sorry. I don't know, I don't it's, know what not, it's not even <laughs> look. It's not even Imuna. You know what it is? It's I, I'm sorry to say it. It's pure. Really, it's laziness. Yeah, that too. People no, are used so to, they're critically used to, lazy. Yeah, they're not open to getting up and changing. And I, I, I by the way, I'm not criticizing that. Yeah, I, I understand it. that mindset. I get I've, it. I get I've it. moved. I've moved like 13 times since yeah, I've been married. Same. And like I the thought of having to get up and move again yeah. is awful. But if you got to do it, you got to do can it. Can I tell you something? Just, These guys, they the, this family, they have a house in Cyprus. It's not like they don't, you know, they go travel. They had like they got covid. They went to Egypt and got covid. The husband, you know, the, my parents went. Uh, they traveled yeah. in Egypt to to Sharm el Sheikh or wherever they went. You know, the Russians they go over to Sinai Sharm el Sheikh. And they have a house in Cyprus. So it's not like they don't like, you know, they're not immobile or whatever it is. But yeah, just to like drop the, you know, the business is based in Ukraine. And just to dr pick, you know, pick up shop and pack up shop and move everything out and start somewhere else. That's, that's not an even, a, for his son at least. The guy's a semi-retired, but his son is like my age. That's not an option for his son. His son has a whole, con you know, construction business in the, over there and all this kind of stuff and it's it's like deep deep roots. You can't just tell people. It, it's right. It's, you see, when you when you you know when you hear stories, like you know, like famous like success stories, right? Like from the, like guys from the early nineteen from the early nineteen hundreds. You know, like yeah. some famous. You know, like uh, I don't know, uh, Paul uh, Ted Williams, right? Famous baseball player. He you know he had this crazy life. He was like a lumberjack slash boxer, you know, business owner, freaking like, I think he was like a, he was a gold miner. He was a fighter pilot in World War II. You have these guys who they, they tried all different things. They were adventurers and they made, they made it big. They lost it all. They made it big again. And I'm not describing God fearing guys here, yeah. but what's the, these guys, they, they believed in themselves yeah, at least. For sure, for sure. For sure, to get off right. Yeah. They had like a, they had like a spirit. So yeah. so it's 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 a double layer of yeah. I don't know what Listen, you want to call it. I can't criticize that guy, the one I was talking to today, because he made you know everybody when everybody was leaving to America, he stayed over there, 
and he dealt with, he basically at one point he had a, like a business and he was one of these people that started a business back when it was illegal, you know, in the, in the late eighties. And at one point in the nineties, during the whole wild west days, he had a choice to either be friends with the mafia or be friends with cops. And he chose the cops who were also corrupt. You know, this is in Ukraine and Vogue. And, just a uh, different mafia. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just a mafia with, with a uniform. So, in the badge. Yeah. So, so, and the guy may have a lot of, he almost got killed once or a few times. He had a lot of risk. He had stuff taken away from him and whatever it is. So, I can't, you know, I, I get it. I can't kind of blame the guy. I can't really say that the guy had is not, you know, enterprising or is, never took a risk or whatever it is. But now that he did take a risk and he went through all the stuff that he went through and, and he set, he set the seeds for the roots to grow for his son who took over the business, you know, and those roots are very, yeah. very deep. And then, and now it's like, what do you tell people? I, you took, you spent years doing all of this and now, well, you know, just, yeah, fight the fight, you know, fight the power, fight the power, you know, no. And my, and my mother even explained to me, she's like, they don't, she's like, she's like, Tzvi, you don't understand. You're talking to people. Who don't who don't have the same concept of freedom as you do? They don't have the same concept of fighting against the government as you do. Even in Ukraine, and Ukraine is relatively you know free, it's not a communist country, but they don't have that concept. They have, their concept is the government yeah. do, does stuff, and there's corruption, and this is how you who you have to grease, and this is what you have to do. They don't they don't understand the they don't speak the language that you speak. Right. You know? Find recognize the evil. Find the most comfortable position yeah. in it. Yeah, that's their right? language. And also, yeah. And the other thing is that the COVID vaccine is has the way they marketed it, the way they branded it. It is not a clear and present danger. I think that's that's the primary yeah. issue why people aren't yeah. running to different countries and try to get away can, when they should. Can I tell you my, what I wrote to my friend yesterday? I, I told you about my friend who's like pro-vax, but at the same time, he he there's a lot of things he conceded to me when I told him, you know, because he's against uh, kids getting it and stuff like that. And I told you, I wrote to him, um, I wrote to him the following. Uh, I have this weird feeling, because he's talking about pick your poison. That's what he told me. I was like, one poison is immediately visible in short term, relatively speaking. Uh, and another is not immediately visible. And yet, who the hell knows? The situations that concern me in life in general is when something is not immediately visible and yet has a risk. It's like when people tell me about Israel, you know, when I come to them about living in Israel, they say, and they tell me about, oh, what about terrorism? And then, you know, America doesn't have terrorism. And I say to them, well, in Israel, I can see those dudes coming from a mile away. In America, these attacks happen. You have no idea when, when and where. You know? So it's kind of like with this, yeah. this stuff. You don't, you have no idea. You're Like your brother says, it's like a ticking time bomb. You don't know. Like Lou Montague says, says within two years. When? Uh, we don't know. <laughs> Within two years. Could be tomorrow, could be a year and a half. Who the hell knows? I don't know. Crazy. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't, it was difficult, it was a difficult discussion to have with this guy. I was just like, I really wanted to yell out, just like, you know, fight the power. <laughs> you know, he's like, but what do I say? You know, it's like, fight the power. Yeah. U Ukraine, fight the power. Sure. Let's do that. <laughs> that's why there's no, that's, that, you know, that just reinforces how important America is. Yeah. Well, the American idea, at least, which actually comes from the that's, Tanakh. It comes from the Tanakh. That's actually. what I'm, 
I understand. I understand. Yeah. That, but that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about America is a mindset that if you don't have the mindset, it doesn't matter what geographic, you know, it's not a country. Yeah, it's not a country. It's, a, it's, okay. it's an idea. Yeah. It's a realization of, yeah. of, a, of a basic truth. That's all it is. Yeah. Okay. And, and um, so, but I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that at least touched upon some of the amazing things that we like talked about yesterday because yeah. I felt like they were very, very important and practical. Like what, you know, practical info has to, you know, if you're interested in game over, if you're interested in, you know, in seeing the resolution, then here's what you do, yeah. right? Bring in Mashiach, right? Yeah. So so we talked about the Lubavitcher. Do you mind if I, if I yeah, go back into this? Yeah, it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> so... So, so we already we said earlier that Lubavitcher ever said, learn everything you possibly can about the subject of Mashiach. Make it a full time job. Make it your field of expertise. Yeah. And obviously, one of the reasons is you got to know what you're looking at. Okay, you have to know the reality of Mashiach rather than the fantasy of Mashiach, and rather than the misunderstandings that people just perpetuate. Mm -hmm. So that's only that's only part of it. It's only part of it. Yeah. Okay. And also, I recommend studying the Rebbe's teachings about Mashiach, specifically because he was the world expert, possibly the, in, ever in history, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the subject of Mashiach. Okay. But, you know, as long as you're learning about Mashiach, you know, study whoever you want. Okay. Um, okay. Now, would you mind reading just a small oh. little section He's a um, the Balsham book letter. Yeah, I read that yesterday. Um, not the whole, not the sure, whole letter, sure. just the part where he, you know, like where he talks yeah, to yeah. Mashiach. Yeah, tells him what okay. people need to do. We, just to reiterate, this is a letter that was written to here uh, to to his brother-in-law in Israel, Rabbi Gershon of Kitov, uh, and he describes his encounter with the soul of Mashiach. The latter giving him instructions as to how as to how to hasten his coming. Uh, so this was, yeah, published in 1781 as an appendix to Ben Porat Yosef by Rabbi Yaakov Yosef of Polnoye, one of Balshemtov's chief, chief disciples. So I'm just going to go fast, fast forward. Okay. On Rosh Hashanah of the year 5707, I performed by means of oath, a nader, an elevation of soul to the higher spiritual realms as known to you and saw wondrous things I had never seen before, that which I saw and learned there uh, there is impossible to convey, saw and learned there, is impossible to convey in words, even face to face. When I returned to the lower Garden of Eden, one of the levels of the abode of the departed souls, uh, I saw innumerable souls, both living and dead, some of whom I knew and others whom I did not. They were fleeting back and forth, going from one universe to another, through the column that is known to those who delve in mysteries. Their state of joy was so great that lips cannot express it, and the physical ear is too gross to hear it. There were also many wicked people who had repented. Their sins were forgiven since this was a special time of grace. Even to my eyes, it was wondrous how many were accepted as penitents, many of whom you know. There was great joy among them too, and they also ascended in the above-mentioned manner. All of them beseeched and petitioned me unceasingly because of the glory of your Torah. God granted you greater understanding to perceive and know these things. Ascend with us so that you can be our help and support. Because of the great joy I saw among them, I decided to ascend with them. Due to the great danger involving, involved in ascending to the supernal universes, I asked my master, Ahiyah the Shilonite, uh, teacher of Eliyahu and Navi, I'll mention that as well, 
to come with me, and I, as I had never before ascended to such a high level. I ascended from level to level until I entered the chamber of the Mashiach, where the Mashiach learns Torah with all the sages and tzaddikim, and also with the seven shepherds. I saw great joy there, but I didn't, <clears throat> but I did not know the reason for it. At first, I thought that the reason for this joy was because I had passed away from the physical world. Heaven forbid. Later, they told me that my time had not yet come to die, since they have uh, great pleasure on high when I bring out unifications through the Holy Torah down below. To this very day, I do not do not know the reason for that joy. So that's just like the main part of the letter. Do you want me to read that? There's another something like uh, oh about the how to no, but bring, but. It's about no. It's what Mashiach said to him as to how to ah, you know. I, when he oh, okay. said, when I will asked the, the Mashiach. Come? I asked the Mashiach when will the ma when will the master come, <clears throat> and he answered, "By this you shall know. In the time when your teaching will become public, and revealed in the world, and your wellsprings will burst forth to the farthest extremes, that which I have taught you and have, have you have comprehended, and they also shall be uh, able to perform unifications and ele elevations as you, and then all of the klipot." The husks will cease to exist, and there shall be okay. a time of good and okay. real so, sal salvation. Right. So yeah. what? So so that the part of what he was saying was the you know when 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 they shall be able to do elevations mm -hmm. like you, mm -hmm. right? Yehudim mm -hmm. and elevations, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Yehudim means unifications, yeah. and that's difficult to yeah, to explain quickly, mm -hmm. right? But and, you know actually. I have an example of a Yehud that is like, you know, if people hear about this, it's like, it's off the hook. Mm -hmm. Can I just quickly, sure. this is, I don't know if this is officially Yehud, but this mm -hmm. is, a, this is in that, in that concept. Okay. So you have, you have the name of God, Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Now, every Hebrew letter has a name. And and there's a very specific way to spell that name. For instance, Aleph. Aleph is Aleph Lamed Pei. Yeah. Okay. Now, there are some letters that have more than one way to spell them. Hey and Vav. Okay, Hey has three different ways of spelling it, and Vav has three different ways of spelling it. Each one is unique. Each one has a very, very specific meaning. Okay. Now, when you want to write out the name of Hashem, yeah. the Shem Havaya, the yeah. Tetragrammaton, yeah. so there's four ways to, to do the milui, the fulfillment, yeah. meaning like you can write the letter, mm -hmm. just a regular letter, the way it's normally written, or you can write each letter in its full, with its full name, right? Yeah. That's like saying, you know, let's say you want to represent the, the, you have the USA, so we know what USA means, right? Mm -hmm. But if you wanted to fill it all out, it would be United States of America, and we could think of the, let's say, the, the N, the, think about the word united, so N-I-T-E-D, those would be the hidden letters mm -hmm. that are inside the U, yeah. okay, so it's, it's not exactly the same thing, yeah. but every Hebrew letter has a name, and yeah. the, and only the first letter of the name is revealed, and that's what we know as the letter, yeah. okay? But it has hidden letters inside of it. Yeah. Okay, so when you do the fulfillment of that, then you reveal the hidden letters, yeah. you reveal the full name of the letter. Okay, yeah. so if you were to do that, if you were to do that for every letter in God's name, right? Yeah. So you would have, actually, it would turn out, because there's three different ways 
to spell the letter hey yeah. and three different ways to spell the letter vav yeah. so you end up with four versions of the fulfillment of the tetragrammaton yeah. okay yeah. so the first one is uh is spelled yud vav dalit that's that's yod that's yeah. always spelling of yod persistent mm -hmm. and then the second letter of the name is hey but so this is the first version of how to spell the fulfillment of hey hey is it's spelled hey yud mm -hmm. that's its full name mm -hmm. and then and then the next letter the third letter is is vav and in in, in this version vav is spelled vav yud vav that's one of the ways to spell vav okay mm -hmm. and then the final hey is hey yud again okay so that, they, that's called that's called the name 72 yeah. because if you were to do the if you were to add up remember every every letter is also a number if you were to do if you were to add them all up you'd get 72 okay now the the the, the next name yud hey vav hey so again yud is the same but hey this time is spelled hey aleph vav is spelled vav aleph vav and actually no, no no i'm sorry this is shame sag i apologize so 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 hey is spelled hey yud we're still on hey yud this is the second version i apologize let's back up for a second we're, we're, we're spelling it the second version now mm -hmm. okay hey so yud hey yud vav aleph vav hey yud mm -hmm. so that's the name 63. if you were to add up all those letters it would be 63. Now, each one of these names that we're going to talk about means an, an entire universe of stuff, but we'll, we'll you know, we'll get to that mm -hmm. quicker. Now, the third version of the name is where everything is spelled with an olive. So you have, you have again, Yud Vav Dalit, then you have Hey Aleph, mm -hmm. then you have Vav Aleph Vav, and then you have Hey Aleph, and that's known as the name 45, because if you spell, if you spell it out, if you add up all the letters as numbers, and it turns out to be 45. Okay. And then the final version is simpler because you just, it's yud, vav, dalit. Then it's hey, hey, vav, vav, hey, hey. That one's yeah. easy to remember. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you have these four versions. Now, if you were to count up all of the letters in all of the four versions, right? Yeah. You would get, you would count 39 letters. Yeah. Now, now we're going to look at the name Elohim. So you know, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, right? Shema Yisrael, Yud Hey Vav Hey, is our Elohim. Yud Hey Vav Hey Echad. What he's saying is that 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 Yud Hey Vav Hey and Elohim are one. Yeah. These are not two different things. These are not two separate powers. Everything is one. Okay. So now we're going to prove it yeah. mathematically. Okay. So if you were to so what's what's the spelling of the name Elohim? You have Aleph, Lamed, uh, and then and then Hey Yud Mem. Yeah. Aleph, Lamed, Hey Yud Mem. Okay. So now it has it has a Hey in it. So there. So we know there's three different ways of spelling Hey, like we saw earlier. And so there's going to be three versions of the name Elohim. Yeah. Okay. So if you were to write it out. Right. If you were to do the Miloy, so it would be like it would be uh, Aleph would be Aleph Lamed Pei, Lamed would be Lamed Mem Dalid, and then Hey would be Hey Yud, mm -hmm. and then and then uh, 
uh, and then was it hello? Where am I? And then youth mem, right? So youth would be youth of Dalit, and then mem would be mem mem. Okay, and and then uh, the next one, the second one would be Aleph Lamed Pei, Lamed Mem Dalit, Hey Aleph, and then Yudvav Dalit, yeah. and then Mem Mem. And then the final one would be Aleph Lamed Pei, Lamed Mem Dalit, Hey Hey, Yudvav Dalit, Mem Mem. Yeah. Okay? Now, if you were to count up all the letters, the amount of letters that it took to, to describe all those three different versions of the name of Lakino would be 39 letters. The same amount of letters that it took to, to, to express all the different versions of the name Hawaii. So that, so, so that would be a, a kind of example of of a Yehud, where Yehudim, you're trying to, on a certain level, you're trying to show that with these two things that you seem to be different that they're unified, that there are when you when you study them closely, you see they're one. Okay, yeah. and and there's tons and tons and tons of mathematical codes like this that create these correlations that are just mind-boggling, absolutely mm-hmm. astonishing. Yeah. So, and this is just a little. This is like a little example, yeah. right? Yeah. We share the thirty-nine. There's mm-hmm. a thirty-nine-ness to both of them. Yeah. When you really study them, that's the, that's that, that's the idea. So, yeah. And there's plenty of things that unify them. Yeah. Okay. Why thirty-nine? I, that one I haven't learned yet, but I suspect it has something to do with Shabbat. Yeah, the Melachot, yeah. Shabbat. Right. Okay. So, anyway. Um, so, just I just wanted to kind of like, I know you're going to hear, there's going to be a lot of like wise guys and scholars around yeah. saying, no, that's not Yehudim, that's not Yehudim. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. My point is that the idea behind Yehudim is about making unifications and yeah. taking things that seem uh, separate and just revealing their unity. Yeah. That's that's the idea. Okay, yeah. so so when the when the Baal Shemta was speaking to Mashiach, and he was saying that you know people have to do Yehudim and people have to do a sense. Yeah. So this is the kind of stuff that he see, wanted people see, to get funny. involved. Can I, in. can I tell you something real quick? Uh, you know, it's funny. Any if any regular person reads uh, that what I just read, you know, the <clears throat> that letter, and, and they just read that that ascent and elevations and all that kind of stuff. They have to know what the hell he's talking about. You just took twenty minutes to explain to me, a, 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 like a remote idea of what the hell he's talking about. Why isn't that explained to people? Um, I think, you know, I think um, that's a good question. Which is taking that face particular- value. Yeah. I think that because when you take the first part of what Mashiach said to Baal Shem Tov, he said that, you know, study your teachings. Mm-hmm. And when you study, which means Hasidus. Yeah. And when you're studying Hasidus, then you are learning, you you kind of learn some of the stuff. Yeah. You come, you know, you bump into it anyway, so you are learning it. Yeah. And so so the, the, the learning part could lead you to the second part. Mm-hmm. But, but, so, so, so Bartzadok, Rabbi Ariel Bartzadok, yeah. he's of the opinion that to bring Mashiach, you have to focus on the second part of, of what Mashiach said to the Baal Shem Tov, that you have to practice the ascents. The ascents means you have to ascend astrally mm-hmm. to the upper worlds. 
to the higher levels of consciousness, to the mm-hmm. higher realms of reality, where the angels and the souls and mm-hmm. all the and all the celestial mm-hmm. uh, beings and entities and all that kind of stuff. A you lot of be, people you in, train yourself. But we just mentioned that a lot of people in the Orthodox world find that to be very, very dangerous, and they stay away from that kind of stuff for obvious reasons. So that's so that's so that right there is uh, the the Vilna Gohon, believe it or not, <laughs> and. The Arizal yeah. were, you know, they said that this thinking is what prevents Mashiach from coming. I agree. That the tree of life that we supposed that we should eat from is is Kabbalah and Sitre Torah. Yeah. Okay. And people being afraid of it, people, uh, you know, uh, shying away from it is that that's the problem because Hasidus. Yeah. So so we have science and engineering. True, true science and engineering, right, mm-hmm. is the lower wisdom, and mm-hmm. Hasidut and Kabbalah are the are the higher wisdom. They're both they are both the intro to the Or Haganus, mm-hmm. the Or Hagana. Yeah. That's what they are. Okay, and Rabbi Kesson talks about that all the time. So, um, so okay. Now, doing a sense, real a sense, is hard work. You know, there used to be. There used to be an academy for prophets in, mm-hmm. in, in Israel, and we had, I think, I think, where is it? Does it say in the Gemara that we had, like, in the entire history of the Jewish people, we've had two million prophets, mm-hmm. and which is which is a tremendous number. So obviously, not all of the prophets were, you know, uh, you know, most of those prophets, they their prophecy applied to their generation, you know, mm-hmm. to the to the people that they were discussing, and there there's you know, countless prophecies that were given, but the ones that we have in Scripture, in Tanakh, those are the ones that apply to us in future generations. That's why we have them. That's why it was important to, to, for us to study them, to give them over, mm-hmm. because we need that information for to deal with our circumstances. Yeah. Okay? Now, okay, but my point is that they had a Hogwarts for prophecy, and they taught you how to ascend mm-hmm. and how to, you know, and how to experience the higher realms and how to relate to them. Okay, so we have those traditions; they are available, mm-hmm. and people should study them yeah. and make the ascents. Okay, and take it seriously and make it a very, very, you know, serious part of your part of your life. Mm-hmm. However, most people—I mean, it's pretty clear—most people are not going to do that. Yeah. Under the circumstances, yeah. right? It, it's only going to be a, a, a few people who are going to take the initiative to learn and to commit to the hard work of this, you know. Yeah. And it's not taking ayahuasca, yeah. and it's not this, and it's not that. It's it's creating. We talked about some of it, yeah. right? Yeah. The you know, the the mental the mental exercises, yeah. the the you know just kind of like floating in your own reverie. Um, mm-hmm. It's a serious, it's a serious, serious study. It's the most difficult task a person can 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 undertake. Yeah. Um, but but it but it's worthwhile because that's what we need to be doing. Okay. So so if you are if you're up for it and it sounds like something you want to do, you should definitely do it. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't want to, you just still look into it and learn about it because mm-hmm. it's going to be a big part of our life. Of you know, when the shift comes. Okay. Yeah. So. So he has, so he, on that level, he has a point, but that's not, but he's not helping the majority of people. Like, who is he talking about? Right? Yeah. 
He's talking about a couple of adventurers, right? So, so what do we do? What do we do between these two, between these two choices? I think that both of them should be done, but the one that's accessible to, to, to most people is to study the topic of Mashiach, the subject, make it a, you know, like a daily part of your life. And so that's what will bring Mashiach. Okay. And obviously don't speak Lushan Hara and obviously love everybody that is, right. you know, that is, that it is appropriate to love. Rabbi Kessin, like, is, Rabbi Kessin is big on Lushan Hara. He's like obsessed with that topic. I mean, it's rightfully so. I mean, it goes without saying, you know, it's a halacha. Like, keep the Torah. Yeah, but he but he really gets, he, you know, you know what he was saying in the beginning of COVID, he was saying how this whole thing is connected to Lashon Hara. He said about, um, you know, uh, he was talking about, you know, the 24,000 students of, of Rabbi Akiva. You know, we know that yeah. the whole story of they died because they spoke Lashon Hara, but he said that, uh, you know, he, he's like, we know the why, but we learn in the Gemara, the actual process of it was, uh, uh, they had an affliction called Askara, which was asphyxiation. And he goes, and he goes, so there you go. He's like, the world is, is steeped in Lushan Hara. All the problems we have, you know, you see the media, they just Lushan Hara people immediately. And it's like, it's rakilus, it's like lies, you know, slander. And, 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 and they, they make things up and they omit things and they, you know, sound bites and, and, you know, they'll post like half of the thing that you said or half, whatever it is. And he's like, this thing came to, to basically shut us up. <laughs> In a way, and we're still doing it. We're still on on in the internet and doing it and speaking it and you know, but uh, you know, it's a it's a lesson to us. In general, there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of you know symbols that you know you, that you can that you can a lot of messages. You know, message. Remember that was yeah. that. Uh, Don't be a menace. Yeah. While drinking and using it, hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Message. You know, every yeah. like every time in the movie. You know? So. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah. You know, and that reminded me, there's one more thing that we, we were talking about. We, we, we were speaking about Chava. This might be part of what was erased or what we lost yesterday, right? We're talking mm -hmm. about Chava being the Shekhinah, Adam, right? Like we're, we were talking about that moment that a guy would see uh, a beautiful woman, right? And that kind of like, what is that? We're talking about like, guys who are even jaded from decades of horrible experiences and terrible relationships and many divorces. Right. Mm -hmm. And yet they see, um, they see, uh, you know, a beautiful woman and then they have that moment again. Mm -hmm. It's just for a yeah. moment. And yeah. then they remember all the, all the, you know, all the, the big headache that that comes with it afterwards. Right. Yeah. So what is that moment? Remember we were talking about that yesterday. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, I was, so I was saying that that, that is a um, yeah. that is an echo of the past. Uh, uh, that is a memory that this is my idea, by the way. Yeah. So take it with a grain of salt. But this is a memory that we all have from the first meeting with Hava, yeah. right? So which yeah. which was like an idealized meeting, yeah. right? Where yeah. things went right, things went right. Yeah. Okay. It was, the the setting was perfect. Everything was as it should be. Mm -hmm. Everybody was in great shape. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying, everybody had a six pack. I'm joking. Unlike, you know unlike what I'm today, saying, where right? you get where that happens, and then you get a, a, a text message 180, sorry, whatever, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. 
where you where you where you think that that's happening, where you think that everything is great and this and that, and then you get a text message, from lady, blah blah blah. Text message, right, not even right. a phone call no, anymore. It used to be a phone call. Right. Now right. it's just there were a text. No games. Everybody was really, really fully conscious of exactly how they felt, yep. and they didn't feel that there was no need for games. There yep. was. It was pure and perfect. Okay, so when we see when, so when we see that when we see that we have we have an ancient memory from the past because we, we are all Adam and we're all Hava, right? Yeah. So we have this ancient memory, this echo that reverberates in us, and it's also a possible um, reminder of what it will be again. I think that's I think that's what that's what it is because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. But, but so, so the thing, so just to go back to show that, that Chava is the Shekhinah, right? Okay. So it's very interesting. And that Adam is Zeranpin. Okay. So we know that, um, we talked about the four different names, Havaya, right? We talked about the one that, yeah. that is 72, the one that is 63, and the one that is 45, right? Yeah. So the one that is 45 is is related to Zeranpin. It's related. It's, it's related to Adam. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and, and and there's a there's a connection there even with the gematria because Adam is 45, and this name of Havaya is also 45. So there's a that's yeah. also kind of a yichud, yeah. right? Yeah. And just and remember, I was telling you how how Chava represents. The, the the most essential part of Adam, the deepest, the, the essence, the, the the inner, the yeah. innerness of Adam, right? By the way, I'm just want to let you know so, really quickly that we've been going already for almost two and a half hours. Okay, hopefully some of it got recorded. <laughs> yes. Okay. And I'm gonna let you know that in okay. about five minutes, I'm gonna we're gonna pause for like twenty seconds so I could save the segment, and if we want to go on, we can. But whatever. Yeah. Probably won't. Probably okay. won't because I got to call my dad. Okay. okay but, fine. but okay. so these are final. Okay. Final so, thoughts so basically, from Jack Candy. Yeah. From Jack Candy, right? <laughs> these are better. Though. These are better. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, so so the name forty-five Chavaya, which is spelled uh, Yud Vav Dalit, mm-hmm. Hey Aleph, Vav Aleph Vav, Hey Aleph. Mm-hmm. Straightforward enough, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so if you take all of the letters that are not the first letter. Meaning all the hidden letters, all the letters that are normally hidden, yeah. right? So normally we just see yud hey vav, we see yud hey vav hey, right? Yeah. So, but here we have the revealed letters, yeah. which are, so you know, uh, va, uh, so uh, with the yud it's the vav dalit, and with the hey it's the aleph, with the vav it's the aleph vav, and with the last hey at the end it's the aleph. So if you add up all those hidden letters, you get nineteen, which is gematria chava. So you see that Chava is the the panemius. She's the the essence of the essence of Adam. Yeah. So Hashem took Hashem took the, the destroyed consciousnesses that turned to you know to powder essentially yeah. Yeah. from the previous worlds. He made Adam. So he took this crude, relatively crude matter, yeah. and formed Adam. And then out of this already refined matter, he formed Chava. So the, you have it right there mathematically. Hmm. So you hmm. see these, you know, all of the concepts that we have in Torah, uh, you know, are backed up like this mathematically. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But I just want because I, I thought it was a good moment to bring you know to to discuss that because we were talking about yeah. the the shame of fire. Yeah. Okay, but um, yeah. So do so so learn everything about Mashiach. Do Yehudim and do elevations if you you know if you can, and um, and also learn speak, about speak. how. Go on. Sorry. No, no. What did you want to say? No, I was just gonna say that. Speaking of elevations, I wanted to tell the story that I told you yesterday about my friend. Uh, the you know the one he told about his mother. With. Uh, oh, you know. with Eliyahu and Obi. Yeah. Oh man, that, I was thinking about that one. Let's save that because you want to that's like okay, fine. That needs no, to because, be. Yeah. You know, that, that we have to, we should have a conversation about that. Uh, so you know what? So because next next time we talk, I'll start I'll start that off with that, and then we'll get into that. The, the, in deeper what the, what that actually is or was because <laughs> he, he still can't make out what the heck that went on <laughs> right yeah no i mean but it's actually related to this it's not 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 automatically visibly related to what i'm about to say but it is yeah um so in so my thought in addition to what the rep has said and to what Rabbi Bartzadok said, and by the way, Rabbi Kesson says we should learn Mishnayos, yeah. and that will also bring Mashiach, yeah. but that's a separate conversation. Yeah. Okay, so, so I say that instead of instead of having asking the people to go and you know puncture holes into the realm of Yesira, mm-hmm. like Ariel Bartzadok is at, I'm mm-hmm. saying that why don't we study the cases mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. of Yetzirah poking holes into our reality. Mm-hmm. And I think you should, st- uh, people should begin by studying the USS Nimitz yeah, you encounter. This. Yeah, and the Tic Tac and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's that's the same encounter. Oh, it is it's same. a okay, three fine. day event. Fine, fine, fine. Three day event written by, uh, you know, witnessed by thousands yeah. of extremely credible people that yeah. you give billion dollar machinery to to yeah. protect you. Yeah. You should probably listen to what they have to say. Yeah. And so. Yeah, so that's all I, I just wanted to, yeah. you know, close close with that. Anyway, man, we have like a minute, and so uh, hopefully I'll be able to say take this it this away. Time. Take take it away. All right, I'm pause. I'm I'm pressing stop on the recording.